following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Welcome to Finding the Narrative. Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games and produced by Edge Studios. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. Homie, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. My Vikings finally won this year. <laughs> <laughs> they almost let. They almost. They almost lost at the very end of the game today, like they did last week, um, and earlier in the week. Um, you know, it's always kind of bad when you kill two player characters right after the same night as session zero. Um, but it happened. I felt bad. I don't anymore. They made a couple of really cool characters to replace some, but. Yeah, um, which could kind of dovetail into, I wish I had guidelines um, like this <laughs> that we might be going over um, in tonight's show, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so I've been doing pretty good. Stefan, how you, bud? How you, bud? I'm doing pretty, I'm pretty good as well. Um, taking awesome. advantage of the nice weather that we had up here. Got a second batch of raspberries in our garden. Uh, Gaming-wise, well, it's starting to get a bit more active. I've got gaming with uh, one of our uh, listeners of the show, Darren West, uh, who's invited me in his game. So played in one session already uh, a couple weeks ago. That was really awesome with his his group of friends. So I'm rolling dice virtually. (laughs) Excellent. When are you going to join us on on, uh, Star Wars? Well, I'm hoping this Thursday, if no one else Sweet. cancels, or if Tony does uh, still do, to go ahead, even if one guy decides not to show up, if he if he can finally put his uh, his big boy pants in game anyway. Tony, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not me. This it's, it's a very it's a very role play heavy campaign. So when one yeah. character's gone, it don't make sense. Yeah, no, no I understand. They don't get Busting stolen balls, by the drow like you can in. in, in D&D. <laughs> oh, they just got kidnapped by Drow. Okay, that's they'll right. be back next session, hopefully. Interdimensional yep. closets, that's what you need. <laughs> Interdimen- <laughs> inter-transdimensional pants? I don't know. Yes. Anyhow. No. Closets, closets. <laughs> that, that way they can come out of it. But, no, wow. I'm pretty good. Been uh, playing good. a butt-ton of Star Wars The Old Republic online again. Um, so yep. our good friend Jamie decided to... Um, Ask if we'd ever played. Boop. Next thing I know, it's me, my son, Sean, Chris, and Jamie. We've got a guild. We're freaking buying a capital ship. We're yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna invade a planet sometime. And you know what? Sleep is just a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) You can sleep when you're dead. You can sleep when you're dead. Well done. I've been markedly more tired of as of late. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been crabbier. I've been yeah. As they say on the comedy network, time well wasted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but other than that, I've been doing pretty good. Uh, awesome. I still have a ton of games going on. I GM like five of them. Mm. Um, oh and, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Lots of games Always, going on. I still get to put my player pants on once a week, though, with my with Jamie's D&D game. So it's all good. Yeah, that'll be good. That's good. But this show, we mm. decided we were going to jump back into the Expanded Player's Guide. And uh, we were going to talk about the adversary power level system. Because I think there's people out there that haven't picked up the Expanded Player's Guide. And as a GM, this particular tool alone will make the Expanded Player's Guide Something worth it worth putting on your radar to pick up it's even totally if you will. only get it in pdf oh yeah yeah i mean the 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 steps to create um adversaries how they've gone into it in more detail here because they, they did have a you know how to how to do adversaries in the core rule book but they right. they have some really nice tables to quickly make adversaries which we're gonna we're gonna do tonight yeah so tonight's episode, episode number 67, mm-hmm. that is the correct episode number. I researched it this time. <laughs> uh, and the episode name is His Power Level. It's over 9,000! No! <laughs> awesome. And that was for my oldest son, the big Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah. Oh, as perfect. They, as they spent half an episode powering up. Uh, half an episode or working up a big turd i don't know is, yeah. is it half an episode or half like a half of a season <laughs> getting ready to attack I don't know, but some, sometimes i went to the bathroom during a commercial break and they're still powering up when i get back so wow it's almost at nine thousand. Oh no that last percentage you know eight thousand nine hundred ninety nine. come on eight thousand. If, if i stood in one place and grunted as long as they did on that show i'd have an aneurysm i'm just mm-hmm. yep, i hear you yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, my my oldest boy Zach, he absolutely loved that show. He's a big DBZ fan, and uh, so I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Well, there you go. Here's I had you, a friend Zach. who was a big <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who was a big fan uh, as well, and she met some of the voice actors cool. that uh, did some of the characters within convention, and some of them didn't know what the story was about in Dragon Ball Z. They actually asked the fans, "What is it about?" Sometimes a lot of times, all we're doing is. No noises. <laughs> There's no continuity. I don't know what I'm grunting for. <laughs> What's my motivation? <laughs> Just continue <Nice>. to grunt. <laughs> we'll edit it in well, later. That's awesome. it. Have these beans in the meantime. <laughs> nice. So why don't we jump into it, move on to the next segment. Stefan's going to yes. boost somebody's signal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, welcome to Boosting the Signal. This is where Stefan shares all the ha Genesis news to give you all, get you all bothered out there. Um, fresh off the <laughs> the wire, and um, you know, some news. Going to review a f- couple products here. You okay, you okay there, Tony? That's <laughs> beatboxing for you. Oh, Sweet. <laughs> and. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Stefan. Go ahead. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you for that nice intro and the beatbox, Tony. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, to get our listeners all excited, uh, I've got a few little bits uh, to tease you with. Uh, we've got uh, two items from our very, very generous and productive uh, Genesis fan, Chris Markham. What? He's, he hasn't done anything. He's, he's at it again. <laughs> yes, he's at oh it again, gosh. Chris. 
He's a machine. So a little while ago, I know, I know. A little while ago, he put out a source book for the Rue Steps, the residents, uh, called uh, the Unrelenting Uthuk, which I like. I like that. Yeah, cool. the the image the image on the cover is really cool too. So, yeah, and it gives uh, GMs more foes to throw at your at their PCs, as well as some details on the the very cruel and, and rugged life of uh, Uthuk Ilan, uh, as well as some. Uh, some demon magics, the infernals, etc., and he even includes uh, adversary cards, which he's done with quite a few of his uh, other products uh, as well. And on the flip side, uh, to flip the script a little bit, like flip the script a little bit, like he says, uh, there are options to play with the characters, so oh. you can learn uh, learn about that or become one of the fearless uh, berserkers, a ferocious blood harvester, etc., or viper. Legion Archer, that's a cool name. Or fly yeah. through the air as a doom glider. <laughs> all right, evil campaign, here we come. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I all of that. I've done one of those in a long time. I think it'd be fun to do one of Terranon. Yeah, and I read yeah. a little bit about it, and he actually works out how to, if you want a mechanic, how to uh, have a character's uh, summon something, something other than the magic actions, creating a ritual. So a bit of rules, if if a GM wants that, instead of oh. narratively waving, a few little breakdowns of how so to do that. So the player's ritual can be interrupted by the GM's adventuring party that comes in right at the yeah. speed of plot. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> awesome. It, it takes time into consideration, the number of casters, etc., blood sacrifices. They all contribute to making uh, the difficulty sometimes a little lower or, or modifying... Uh, Okay. Mechanics. Well, us on, uh, us on the uh, us on the uh, FTN um, podcast do not recommend LARPing. Um, no, no, no. Rituals. <laughs> just to let you. No, know. no, no. <laughs> no, no. Just use tomato juice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, all of that for only uh, two fifty. Nice. So, and he's not done. Uh, and then just more recently, he also came out with uh, another supplement called Cities of Splendor, uh, which focuses on the various free cities of Manara. And uh, he was inspired by another uh, Genesis fan, uh, Kyle Scarp, who did the guide to New Angeles. So he used that as a bit of a template. He asked Kyle if he could and said, yes, sure, sure why not? Nice. So that... Includes cost of living, rarity modifiers, and a few little details that could be neat story hooks uh, for each of those cities. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can check our uh, previous show notes uh, for uh, for details on the New Angeles Guide. So you know, kudos. Yeah, you know, kudos to to you to to Chris and Kyle there for collaborating mm-hmm. a bit and getting like a format of some of these things, these extra books lined up because it's always good for like people to kind of go through and kind of have the same like layout it's similar you know so you could find stuff easier that's pretty cool well even then you know yeah it's good that they help each other out one inspires the others like yeah Yeah. i'll do one for uh for cities of manara why not Mm -hmm. and and manara manara that's 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 like the world tiranoth was just that one little area right 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 exactly okay so the series cities of tiranoth And then finally, um, we've got Roy Altman, who has his own website called RPG Narco. Uh, he's put out the Genesis Foundry graphic design templates for covers. 
So you actually have templates if you want to produce a cover for whatever supplement you want and put it up in the foundry. And he his templates uh, are not just like the generic uh, Genesis core book. There's one that looks very much like Realms of Tirnoth. One is uh, the uh, Android. The other one, uh, of course, uh, is uh, the, the Keyforge. So he's got one for each of the uh, types of... Uh, of official books that are out so far. So the three th- settings and the core book. Cool. And that's just pay what you want. So you, you get different formats that allow you to, uh, to open, it up, uh, open it up and modify it in different programs. And he's tried to make it as friendly, uh, user-friendly as possible. Which awesome. means it's still above my pay grade. <laughs> 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 But still, you know, if, uh, not like he says, not everyone knows about how to use like InDesign. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a few other uh, little things uh, you can you can use because uh, most people don't have InDesign, but the, you can use it in def- different other programs. So link link again in the show notes, and that's pay what you want. So that's it for boosting the signal. Uh, a few little items. I hope that uh, helps uh, both Chris and uh, and Roy uh, boost their signal and get a bit more exposure and uh, a bit more uh, more loonies. Uh, actually, in the, in the U.S., it would be just dollars uh, <laughs> in your in your pockets. Mm-hmm. All right, excellent. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> Will you then? Yes, I did. Sn- I have already started recording, Stefan, and everybody's going to know <laughs> that you are right That's behind right. me as we talk about now the books of Genesis. All right, well done. Nice. There you go. Um, so we're going to go over adversary power levels. Um, we're going to go over the adversary creation. Um, starting on the expanded players guide. Page 74. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, adversaries. They what? It's what makes a campaign go round. Right? Part yep. of encounters, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Definitely an important part. Mm-hmm. So, first thing we want to mention is the introduction to the adversary power level uh, profile and a description of it, which appears on page 5 of the Expanded Player's Guide in a little sidebar. And it says, as you read through this book, you'll notice that all of the adversary profiles have these symbols with numbers on the name of the adversary. And since this came out, they've also done that in Keyforge. Yes. Um, these are adversary adversary power levels. The first, uh, the fist, indicates the adversary's combat power level. The head with the circle is the adversary's social power level, and the diamond shape is the adversary's general power level. These power levels are a measure of how capable the adversary is, and it is further explained in more detail later on in the book. So I just wanted to bring that up because we're going to be talking about the three different levels, and Mm -hmm. you're going to see those symbols. Um, And for those who don't have, um, or who have have old copies of the um, the core rule books, Shadow of the Beanstalk and Terranoth, you can go online uh, to the 
Genesis main page on Fantasy Flight Games, and yep. they have their errata, and in there they have added the power levels to all uh, of the adversaries that are previously printed, including all those that just only showed up in the adversary cards, mm-hmm. and um, all the ones that came in those pre- those three original books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yep, right at the very back of that errata. Yep. Cool. So let's kick this off. Who wants to start? Well, you can see. I can start. Okay. I'll start it off. I started off. So we have, um, there is a um, quickly construction and adversary is where we is where we're at. There are multiple steps, depending on whether you have the printed book or the <laughs> PDF. <laughs> You may have seven <laughs> steps or six, <laughs> just to let you know, um, where you where we're going to be talking about where you're picking an adversary type, the characteristics, figure out their um, the soak defense strain skills, talents, special abilities, and then going into the equipment and and such. So um, as um, as Tony mentioned, the first thing here was uh, you know you have the different power levels for these as we're going through these steps we're going to go and then um, before you create your adversary you want to decide what role are they going to play ask yourself what role are they going to play in your game is it are they going to be an ally are they going to be an obstacle um, are they intended to be a so- social challenge or a combat challenge or are they going to tap into those generic resources you know um the generic skills that the uh, players have, like, you know, disabling traps or slicing into computers, um, mm. those kinds of things. So ask yourself those questions um, before you start creating an adversary. So, so. are we, we're going to create some, right? We're going to, we're going to do that while oh, we're doing yeah. this, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so. I'd like to start by saying that I wanted to make a nemesis. You feel free. You make right. your man I want this to be dibs on the nemesis. You a big silhouette two monster. Cool. All right. So we're thinking co- combat focused. Definitely, if it's a monster, you're not gonna not gonna want to have a bunch of social abilities. That's um, true. There's no negotiating with death. No, no. There is it that. just wants to rip your face off. <laughs> That's right. And you're gonna take and you're gonna take notes as to what you selected, right? We're all gonna take Correct. our own notes. Okay, cool. Um, Stefan, what do you want to pick? What are you gonna pick? Well, I'm going to pick a minion, and uh, instead of inventing it whole cloth, I, as some of our listeners know, I've had all already been working on adapting Dragon Star, which is basically Dungeons and Dragons in space, mm-hmm. but to Genesis. So some creatures that are iconic to D&D uh, need to be maybe converted or adapted. So I thought the cool. blood-sucking little annoying Sturge. You know, the oh. big mosquito bat-like. Oh. I freaking hate those. I hate those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. GMs love them. Players hate them. Oh, I know. <laughs> character die because he fell into a sturge nest. There we go. So, oh my gosh, that's great. I've got uh, the stats for them roughly. Um, okay, we well, could kind of compare what they make. Sort of, yeah, yeah, power level. It'd be curious to be. see how close, how close, like these, these, 
these arrays are and the skill sets, how close they, they would be to kind of what you have there. Um, well, that leaves a rival for me. And as I was reading this earlier today, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a gunslinger that we might run into um, in the um, Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse if we happen to go into some sort of weird, wild west, um, what do you call it, area. Maybe, cool. you know, so that's what we'll do. Probably maybe an unnamed one, an unnamed gunslinger. Um, but, you know, somebody who will uh, fill that role. Definitely the Definitely combat. someone you'd see walk into a tavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, even or, a tavern that travels through space and time. Exactly. Yeah. And orders himself an Epsilon <laughs> Eclipse. <laughs> Epsilon Sour. My fault. Epsilon Sour. All right. So it's okay. What do we want to so we want to do a round robin here since we have six steps? Um, who wants to kick this out? Well, we get, basically just talked about the adversary types, um, yeah, minions, right. rivals, nemeses. So you want to decide on that? Um, yeah. There's a, there's part of that decision process. Um, there is. Why yeah. don't we go individually into what what makes each one of those specific? Sure. Go ahead. Sure. So the first one we have is a minion. Go ahead there, Stefan. Since you picked a yeah, minion. Yeah. So. That's it. So minions. Minions are the adversaries who usually are fairly weak individually, but can be very dangerous opponents when they're grouped together. So you're, and the adversary is probably a minion if they don't have a name, <laughs> they're just faceless, they rely on strength of numbers, and they act basically as a faceless support for the named characters. So think of all your your bad guy movies, you know, bad movies with bad guys that have hordes of guys. Mm-hmm. The typical one, of course, being Star Wars. You know, your guys in white armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? You know what popped in my guns. head the first time? The crazy eighty eights from um, Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. Those would be your minions, yeah. right? <laughs> At the end there, yeah. Like, yeah. As as Pearson would like to call them, they're your shit necks. There's yeah. yes, the shit necks. <laughs> That's right. Now, yeah. somebody who could potentially lead these shit necks into battle, a group of them maybe, would be your your rival um, level of adversary. Um, and I do like how they put like a. Um, a term in here that I've used when I was when I was writing simulations for the military, they act as a force multiplier. <laughs> You've probably heard that one too, Tony, haven't you? Mm-hmm. To other adversaries, I mean, they are uh, they are competent alone, um, and basically in a single area of focus, um, which my gunslinger will be uh, pew 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 pew. Um, they and like I said, they, you know, they'll lead or assist minions. Um, in the encounter, and they can challenge. They could give a challenge to one PC, kind of a head on, you know, head on head engagement, which you know, kind of makes, you know, going out in the middle of the street and doing a fancy duel, yeah, like we were doing in Star Wars too. You know, Jamie had his character doing that, so. But it wouldn't hurt to wouldn't have, we? you know, you could also flesh out some ruffians that'd be like his gang. You know, you know it. Well, that's right. So then what? Cool. So then, and then nemeses. Nemeses are important adversaries. Often have major obstacles as major obstacles in a campaign. Uh, a nemesis is at least the equal to a PC, and maybe equal to the entire group. Maybe a threat mm-hmm. for the entire group. Cool. The adversary is probably a nemesis if they have a ch- they challenge a group of PCs in an encounter. They have more than one area of expertise. 
they have a unique name that will you players will actually remember and probably learn to hate. <laughs> oh yeah, go. These are your recurring villains. An established backstory. Your your uh, your and nemeses always have an established backstory. Cool. Uh, perhaps even their own character arc in the story itself, and they can support multiple rivals and minion groups. Cool. All right. Well, hey, that's our step one. Um, right. So step two. Yeah, you know, I'll take this one only because I do have a comment and a typo, I believe, that they do have in this chart um, that they did not fix in the errata. Um, table 2-1, characteristic arrays, where they have, like, the name of a creature, you know, small creature or person, the stealthy, huge, social person. Yeah. The one I'm looking at, though. And, and they have a list of characteristics. Then they have the effect this array would have on those power levels, the combat, social, and general. And then they give examples of, you know, what they would. Now, I pretty much went down to a cunning foe. Now, you guys tell me, in this array, what is wrong with this picture for a cunning foe? Brawn mm. 2, Agility 4, Intellect 4, Cunning 2, Willpower 2, Presence 2. What's wrong with that picture? Yeah. Uh, cunning, cunning and intellect should be uh, swapped. Yes, they should be, everybody. And that's what I'll be doing. And that's well, the array so I'm going to pick for my guy. Uh, yeah. And so, associated with that, I just noticed that if you look at the savant, also has the same problem, but in reverse. You'd think a savant would be, yeah, they say a scholar, a, a researcher, a surgeon, and they give oh. it intellect two and a cunning of five. I did not see that, Stefan. Mm. Well done. So those two, pro- maybe those two profiles are switched. Yeah, maybe they are. But or yeah, characteristic something. arrays were switched. I really definitely. don't. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Oh, I see what you mean. Maybe yeah. you look at Stavant, you know, and then the examples. You know, a scholar. I think a scholar would have intellect higher than. Yeah, than I would cunning. think. Yeah, I would think. I would think the intellect five in um, mm-hmm. cunning two. Yeah. I think just yeah, those that, two stats instead of the whole array. Yeah, so, now that I'm yeah, looking at it, because the agility and the cunning foe. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. So make well, that's that, a good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, I mean, those arrays can be tweaked a little bit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. GMs. Um, I'm going to be choosing for mine. Um, I'm going to be choosing the uh, large creature. No, sorry, just kidding. No, I'm going with skilled <laughs> warrior. <laughs> actually so the skilled warrior because this is a big it's a big monster but it's intelligent Ooh. so uh, skilled warrior brawn four agility three intellect three cunning or sorry I'm reading the wrong one jeez <laughs> brawn four agility three intellect two cunning two willpower three presence one I didn't like that I did this this is the closest one. I needed the willpower to be just a little lower and that cunning to be just a little higher, so I switched them. Cool. Yeah, well, there you go. There. Yeah. If it fits more your uh, your type of character, why not? Mm-hmm. These, are, these are just guidelines. It, uh, yeah. Right. But these get it right. close. These get it really close, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. And and then, of course, that, that gives you your, your, your first boost to power level. Now, your starting power level for everything, we forgot to mention in the very first paragraph, it oh, mentions yes. that they all start at zero. But at, for beginning, for combat, social, and general, they all start at zero. 
But at the end, if that still remains zero or a negative number, it's always rounded up to just a flat one. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So in this case, my starting profile, Skilled Warrior, um, I have Combat Plus 2, Social 0, and General 0. What about you, homie? Um, it looks like with this array, it made my Combat a plus 1 and General plus 1. So I'll have a Combat of 2, Social 1. Uh, no, combat one, social zero, general of one. Right now. Great. Cool. All right, that's a good base. Alrighty. Whereas my little uh, minions, the Sturges, uh, they're small creatures. So basically, uh, just the top at the top of the table, small creature. Uh, all. Almost all attributes or characteristics are one, except agility at two and intellect two. But I don't think a Sturge would have that much intellect, so I would drop it down to a one. Increases agility because they're they're quick, fast little buggers. There you so go. Moves that to to a four, and that makes the power levels basically minus one for combat, minus one social, and zero for for general because right now they're just a basic minion. Nice. All right. What do we have? So that was step two. Mm-hmm. What do we have next? Step step three, you'd, we're going to calculate the, the other derived stats. The soak, the defense, the wounds, the strain threshold, uh, the wound threshold and strain threshold both. Um, it says here, once you have the adversary's determined characteristics, you can figure out their derived attributes. Wound mm-hmm. and strain, soak, melee and range defense, as such. Uh, the it uses table 2-2, which has all those in it. And you may select up to two options from the mm-hmm. table. Nice. Uh, of course, uh, if your adversary is a minion, you should select 0 or 1. Awesome. Um, now, they have several little caveats in this chapter also. There's a lot to it mm-hmm. because it's this is what, you know, this is the meat and potatoes of the stat block when you're looking at it. I mean, how much damage does it take to knock a monster out or knock a foe out uh, in a social encounter? That's a key thing. Uh, So, uh, what was I... So, for it starts off with the soak. The soak rating for your adversary. You start with a value equal to their brawn characteristic and you'll be able to add armor to your adversary later with equipment. Yep. If you like your adversary to have a higher soak, if it is a creature that doesn't wear armor, such as being naturally armored, in the case of mine, then you'll want to provide take one of the options uh, provided in the um, in the uh, uh, table and yep. uh, increase that. So that's one of what I've done, and I've chosen for mine armored hide, uh, which will increase my soak. So with my brana four. My soak now. My soak now becomes six. That's pretty high. And okay. one thing it says here in this little caveat is: is just remember that a soak of four or five is good for a combat-focused adversary. If your adversary's soak increases beyond seven, your PC's basic weapons will have a hard time doing meaningful damage to your adversary. Yeah. For this mm-hmm. reason, we recommend not increasing your adversary's total soak value above seven. Mm-hmm. So mine sits at six. Cool. And I like it right there. So I'm not going to choose another one in that area. Yeah. Um, and so then you look at the ranged and melee defenses. 
melee and range defense are for uh, your adversary. You start out with a zero in both ratings. Your adversary's range defense may go up based on their gear. However, it's perfectly acceptable for your adversary to have no defense. If you feel your adversary needs a ranged or a melee defense, look at the table and choose. And remember that uh, the defense rating cannot be increased above four as a hard cap for any reason. Nice. <laughs> so max four setback dice for defense. Yep. And I've decided yeah, cool. this adversary does not need to have defense. Nice. Um, so, okay. Okay. I'm, well, what am I looking at here? Well, uh, the wound and strain thresholds. Yeah. So, the wound. In, I have a big monster, Silhouette 2. I want mm-hmm. it to have a high wound threshold. Yeah. Um, These are actually brilliant suggestions here, this wound threshold and strain threshold area. So, this is great. Yes. So, when using these rules, these starting wound threshold, strain threshold values for each adversary type, you should start with them. Wound and strain thresholds can be increased based on the options provided in the table, and you may want to tweak them at the end. And there's rules for tweaking them at the end. Um, yep. So, for minions, a minion with a brawn of one would have a wound threshold of three. Otherwise, a minion should have a wound threshold of five. Simple as that. Yeah, that's easy. Easy enough. <clears throat> and then rival, rivals. My rivals. Yeah, my rival's going to have a wound threshold of eight. Plus his brawn, so he's going to be at um, he's going to be at uh, looks like his brawn is two, so he'll be at ten wounds. Yep. And then my nemesis, nemesis should have a wound threshold of twelve plus their brawn rating, and they have strain, a strain equal to ten plus their willpower rating. So mm-hmm. right from the get go, my nemesis has sixteen wounds and twelve strain. But Sweet. if you notice, armored hide—I've already chosen that option. Armored hide gets, grants the plus two to soak, but it also grants plus five to the wound threshold. That's cool. That's cool. So that that puts me up to twenty-one wound threshold. Mm-hmm. Now that would be great for a silhouette one adversary nemesis, but not well, for a big monster. Right. Well, you know they do have the the last sentence on this page. Page 76, it says, generally, yep. monsters should not have a wound threshold lower than 10 times their silhouette. So you're at least over that. Your silhouette was going to be two, right? So you have one, at least 20 wounds right. for that. Guy. Well, I could yeah, take that's up good. to two, as, as a nemesis, I could take up to two options on this table. <laughs> yeah, you can. What other option and, are you going to take? <laughs> well, it's she's she she's a clever girl. Um, oh, I like... Oh. <laughs> I like the very tough. There yeah, you go. that's why I that's thought you were going. <laughs> Fair. Bad. So I took very tough mm-hmm. as well as my armored hide. That would give my grand total wound threshold uh, plus 10, 31 for my wound threshold. <laughs> I'd hate to go against this nemesis. Mm-hmm. Let's hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. Let's yeah. hope it doesn't. <laughs> now, there is a bit of um, additional guidance here, and there's some some um, there's a sidebar here, things that we need to mention. Yeah, but I'd like to find out what you've chosen as an option, homie. Oh yes, well, let's just go down to the third one in the list. Dodgy. 
I've got a dodgy <laughs> gunslinger. That makes sense, you know. I mean, he's 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 cunning. He's dodgy. So plus plus one to his defense. And I'll worry about that that long leather duster, giving me the um giving me like the soak, you know, like the plus one to my soak, my equipment doing that. Um, other than that, this is he's that that's good to me. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So and did that change your? Uh, it did not combat rate. Yeah, okay. it did not. My combat. Yeah, it's gonna still stay at. I'm still sitting at one zero and a one. For me, my combat level went up once for each of that armored hide and very tough. So okay. I'm sitting at a combat level now of four. Nice. Uh, social right. still zero. General still zero. Okay. And of course, Stefan, you're not going to be making any choices in there. So why don't you, good sir, take yeah. uh, some of these um, sidebars yeah. and whatnot? Yeah, right. being uh, being a minion, I could tweak them a bit, but uh, yeah, no, won't get a bonus on soak or uh, or wounds really. So it doesn't apply. So so I'm assuming so, so I'm assuming your your sturges there they have a they have a brawn of one, so they'll have the the wounds of three, just right? Soak. Yeah, soak one. I tweaked it because it's a magical beast and put. Originally in my document, uh, four wounds threshold, but that's only one point above. I could leave it at three. Oh, yeah. It could yeah, be that's perfectly totally fine, cool. too. It doesn't modify the current uh, mm-hmm. power levels anyway. Yeah, right. And you know what? There is there is something to be mentioned on that. Oh, actually, that's down there at the other, on our next, mm-hmm. um, the next part of this, where yeah. we're figuring out the... But uh, if you want me to, uh, to go over the, uh, the compounded defenses... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, do that. That's important. So, yeah, there's a little sidebar that they have on page uh, 76. So, when creating your adversary, uh, you have to multiple. You have multiple opportunities to make them tougher in combat. Uh, you can increase their soak, their defense, or their wound thresholds, or you can give them even the adversary talent. Uh, however, they recommend not doing all of these. Because too many of these defenses can only just pose a risk of making the uh, the uh, the foe like very difficult to to fight, uh, and all the things on the GM side difficult to track. Okay, how many defense does he have? Oh, I forgot the adversary. So yeah. sometimes just limiting it to maybe one or two of those options. You know, uh, a wound threshold is not so bad because once it's set, it's done. So just a number, but the defenses and soak and uh, adversaries, sometimes those are things that you have to remember. So don't do all of these because some of them are redundant, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you don't want to keep that in mind. You don't want to necessarily overcomplicate your, your, um, no. the work you have to do as a GM here. So. No. no. Well, that's kind of the beauty of... At least Genesis, you know, you can. Yeah. The adversaries don't follow the, the character creation rules for players, so yep. you can tweak them a little bit more. And yeah. the adversary talent, for example, we'll go over that what that means later. But yeah. uh, it helps with uh, avoiding uh, gloat of stats. Yep, absolutely. Now there's some key additional guidance here. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether your adversary is a minion, a rival, or a nemesis. That ha- it had a big impact on its wound and strength thresholds. Example: minions usually work in groups and uh, combined wound thresholds. So their individual wound threshold is relatively small. There's a small range from three to six. 
yeah. because if you have too many in a group, if you made a nemesis or sorry, a minion with a wound threshold of seven, and then you put yeah. three of them in a group, that's essentially like fighting a nemesis. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rivals tend to have wound thresholds that are roughly the equivalent to um, to starting characters uh, between ten and fifteen, uh, mm-hmm. and then finally nemesis. Uh, should have wound threshold that matches or exceeds a PC, PCs between uh, from ten to twenty, you know, no matter what they are, and then, mm-hmm. then it just goes on to say about the big creatures being having more than that. And yep. a nemesis strength threshold should be a little bit smaller than their wound threshold, unless they are specifically designed for social encounters or mages. Then it should be higher. Yeah, um, you know, flip I, them around. Yeah, I you know I I I think I may have a little bit of a go back here because as a rival I could pick two of these, and I am liking having a hardy gunslinger, mm-hmm. which adds five to his wound threshold, which would put yeah, it at sure. which would put it at his wound threshold up at fifteen, so it wouldn't necessarily be like a one shot with only his like ten wounds. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that. Let's yeah, do okay. that. And that doesn't and that, that doesn't add anything to the combat or social or general, no, no. but that makes it and that, that makes him maybe a that, little Yeah, go ahead, Seth. Oh, sorry. And that could easily re- be uh, reflect that maybe this character if he were a PC, he'd have some so a couple of ranks of uh of toughened. Yes. Instead, you know, but instead of right. calling it toughened, you just say, well, hardy at carry out uh, minion creation or adversary creation and move on. Yeah, and that's that's um, what I also looked at my profile and thought to myself. Okay, I have a wound threshold of thirty-one, mm-hmm. but I have a strain threshold of twelve, and it says here in the stat block or in the notes that it, it should be a little bit smaller than their wound threshold. So yep. I went and said, okay, I can't do like twenty-eight or something like that. I just can't justify having that much strain, but I should add some more to it. So I went ahead and increased it to 16, which is roughly half of what my wound threshold is. So she's a savvy girl, then. You pick savvy yeah. there, then, uh, with the five threshold plus five strain? Well, no, it's I didn't I didn't add that. I just added a little bit more strain. I, I Instead of adding oh, I that adds five strain, I just increased her strain by four more. Cool. Um, I could probably do with three more and go with a 15. It, mm-hmm. Really, 15 or 16, doesn't matter. I'm just mm. tweaking the profile just a little bit um, yeah. to, to to balance it because I don't want this particular monster to be oh look you hit it with a stun gun it's out you know mm. well, there's um, that so <laughs> you don't huh <laughs> no <laughs> all right just wondering <laughs> all right <laughs> all right then all right so that's it for those derived attributes or secondary yeah. characteristics yep. That was step three. We are half halfway done with our yeah. peeps. All right. Um, Let's go on to the important skills, how they do things. Oh, That's yeah. That's a big chunk, Stefan. You want to read it to us, buddy? Sure, sure. So, step four, skills. So, among the most important choices to make for your, char- for your adversary, skills define how they play at the table. However, you, it's easy, uh, and I've fallen into that little bit of trap doing my best, Jerry, of giving too many skills. Yeah. Too many ranks and too many skills. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't you just they say don't worry, 
your adversary does not have to have all the skills that should you feel sh they should have because they won't be interacting sometimes in the scene that long. Yeah. Focus them on exactly what they're supposed to do in the scene and forget about the rest. If you if you want, you can wing it, give them a rank or two and one other skill, even if they're it's not listed. Right. So don't don't get bogged down in too many skills. So and adversaries, as as they say, can still make skills untrained, just oh, like yeah. PCs. Mm -hmm. And most adversaries, you know, will only encounter the PCs in a few limited encounters and very limited kind of scenario, whether it's social or combat. So you don't have to have them list every little skill. Yep. And of course, in social encounters, some skills are used offensively. This is what I liked, um, like charm, leadership, deception, negotiation, and coercion to influence others, while others are used defensively like cool, discipline, vigilance, and negotiation to resist said influence. So some social encounters are usually more interesting if an adversary is more offensive than defensive, which is why the skill packages have a higher ranks in those skills and less in the ones that oppose it. That way the PCs, yes, they feel threatened when the adversary is trying to coerce or intimidate them, but they can still try their own social skills without it seeming, you know, hopeless. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that little tidbit there, making it, yeah. um, making, making your social adversaries a little more offensively focused rather than mm. defensively focused. It's kind of cool. That's it. I like yep. that. I like that. So you, mm -hmm. you can still try to coerce, intimidate or negotiate or charm the NPC. Without yep. uh, worrying too much about, oh, I'll, I'll fail automatically. No, no, no. Yeah. You can still try it. <laughs> okay. And a little bit like the packages for soaks and removes, you can choose uh, two skill packages for your adversary, uh, unless he's a minion. But we'll. Uh -huh. Because minions don't count on skill ranks, it's just the number of minions per group that, uh, that matter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so you'll pick one or two skill packages there. Yeah. And then if you're if you've got a, a villain that's gonna be reoccurring, you might do up to three packages instead. Exactly. It says here, yeah, so. they do. Yeah, they okay. do mention that at the very end. So Yeah. But minions, yeah. Like the the Sturges, I don't list ranks. I just pick a few skills that they might have. Yep. For a Sturge, you know, uh, athletics, just for maneuvering stuff. Bit of brawl, perception and survival, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so they yeah, so they call those um, group skills for for the minions. So you pick one package, and this is you know I made a note of this just to pull just to make make a note of this to everybody. They have this down in the very corner of the page <laughs> next to this really kick-ass picture. By the way, of a looks like a female dwarf smashing a skeleton. I love it. That's yeah. great. <laughs> and then one little sentence at the very top of that page, it says, in addition, so they're under minions, even if the package increases the minion's power level by a maximum of one, um, still only um, just, or more than one, just max, just cap that at, at one if the skill yeah. package increases it more than that. Because, um, again, it, like you said, Stefan, they're group skills. When your minions start going away, they get less potent yeah. as the combat That's goes it. on. Yeah, Excellent. Cool. Cool. Yeah, even if you choose 
one that uh, that would add plus two to a combat combat power level. It's plus one. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's more of a note here. Um, mm-hmm. It just uh, keep in mind that the ratings that they or the the skills that they use are the generic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, some there's going to be some setting specific skills that uh, you may want to substitute in. Um, especially when it comes to combat, if you're using the subset skills, you know, ranged light, ranged heavy, melee light, melee heavy. Um, if the skill package lists a basic combat skill, aka melee, you may give your adversary any or all of the appropriate sub skills. Yep, at the at same s- level. At the same level. Yeah. yeah. So. That's cool. Uh, but if you want to keep things simple, you can just say melee and range and then be, be done with it, because, especially right. minions. Yep. <laughs> uh, and in addition, these packages, uh, again, it says mentions other spe- setting specific skills. Your setting does not include a skill that comes in the package. You should not apply this skill to the adversary. If it's not in the setting, don't apply it. No, uh, exactly. Choose something different. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> what? No, no computer skills in, uh, in Terranoth? I mean, nope. you can have them. They're not going to be doing you much good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They, they do have a note here regarding duplicate skills, too. So if you happen to pick two groups or you know of skills, um, choose the higher of the two values. If there are two different values, choose the higher of the two. Don't combine them. I've Don't done. add them. Right, right. Nope. And then again, so. they, they mentioned, you know, just limiting the number of skills to eight. Um you know, remove you the ones you don't the want. Core rule book and the yeah. original uh, adversary creation rules. They yep. let, you know, mention that there. So it's nice to see that consistency. Yep. yep. So what'd you what'd you pick, homie? Well, <laughs> it's in the name. It's what inspired this one. It's called Gunslinger. <laughs> Gives me a cool of three, coordination of two, ranged of four. Oh yes, um, skullduggery of three. Um, this will add plus one to my combat, zero to my social, um, zero to my general. Um, so there's that one. For the gunslinger, I kind of want to do a little more um, socially based one, you know, because those are pretty good physical skills, right? But I wouldn't mind doing. What Gosh, about the. Know. I'm just thinking outside the box here. What about crime boss or the criminal tough? Coercion, discipline, leadership. Crime boss is cool. I like that. Oh, what was the other one? Criminal tough. Coercion, resilience. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. Criminal tough because it gives you I that think coercion. So. Yep. You do have one I, for gunslinger. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got that already. Yep. Yep. That's one. I, yep. That's the first All one right. I picked. Yeah, you know what? I think I'll, I think I'll go with that criminal tough. What else? What else is there? There's a. Um... Oh wait, duelist. Oh wait a second. Where, what, what, what? Is there a duelist? Oh, there is. Cool coordination, <laughs> melee, stealth. Um, not so much because I already okay. have cool. I already have cool with the gunslinger, um, and coordination. That doesn't. Yeah, but don't necessarily need the melee. But um. Thief Assassin doesn't suck. That's got some deception, some stealth. Now, you know what? I'll do the. I'll do that. I, I like the criminal tough. We'll do that one. And that that adds 
plus um, it adds nothing to combat. It adds one to my social, but it adds two to my general um, skills, which will bring or uh, what are those adversary rankings, right? Power levels. Power levels. So my power level for combat would be one, two. My social will be one, and my general will be two, three. Yeah, so my combat is two, social is one, general of three. Okay. I'm liking this guy. Coming along pretty good. My big nasty beastie. Yeah. um, Mm. I went with uh, the top of the chart here. I went with ferocious creature. (laughs) Really? And predatory creature. Okay, predatory. then. Both of them right there. So um, the ferocious creature is going to give me athletics three, brawl four, perception two, survival three, vigilance one. I like this. I like the idea of this creature having some stealth. So okay. I was like, ah, I really want predatory oh, creature. Yeah. Yeah. So that kicks me over. It gives me brawl three. So I just wipe that, keep the brawl four. Mm-hmm. Uh, coordination three, sweet. Now she's going to have a coordination. Perception four, cool. Bump that up. Survival two, I'll just toss that out. And stealth of three, that's Uh-oh. perfect for me. Yeah. So, so um, the ferocious <laughs> is going to get a combat rating of plus one and a general of plus one. And the predatory is going to give me a combat plus one and <gasps> general plus one. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit at a two, four, six. I sit at a combat of six, a social of zero, and a general of two. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Alrighty then. Nice. Now, what's next, homie? Well, what's next is, well, what, what did you pick for yours there, Stefan, or you already said? Did you pick a specific uh, array that kind of is close to what you wanted? Uh, or skill package, I, chosen, I should say? Yeah, I would, cho- I would have chosen the ferocious creature. I, I, I don't uh, yep. take into consideration the, the skill mm-hmm. ranks, but it's still a ferocious creature, uh, not a basic one. So it gives it a plus one combat, plus one general. And it does include the skills that I had added uh you know, predatory athletics and brawl. You know, predatory that actually gives them a stealth of three. No, you know what I mean. Gives them a stealth. We're just giving them stealth. Opinions. But what I do don't mean? think you know spurges really care about stealth Herb skill. Uh, sorry, it would just give them stealth. You're right. Yeah, but I like limiting it to just four. Four. You know, as a as a swarm, they don't really they aren't that stealthy. You know, they start swarming, they make a lot of noise. <laughs> Like, ooh, Makes sense. Blood, blood <laughs> sacks, walking blood sacks are nearby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's true. Oh, athletics brawl, you know, yeah. perception. Oh, there, there's the meats, meat bags, and survival. <laughs> That's fun. Nice, nice. Okay, well then. Um, okay, well that was step four, picking our mm. skills. Now step five was a pretty fun one here. Um, it's going to be your talents and your special abilities. Um, so, um, so basically, so talents and special abilities are two different things. Um, talents are elements that are taken by player characters, while the 
special abilities are typically saved for, are unique to adversaries and cannot be purchased by PCs at all. Um, they could have some similar mechanical functions, um, but it just um, but it just uh, you, you'll just want to pick them at a the adversary creation step too. So um, so it looks like they've got some notes here for uh, when you're picking these talents and special abilities. Um, well, first off, there are like 72 talents, um, including the adversary talent in core book, core rulebook alone, and everybody's creating new talents on their different settings and such. So yeah, that just, yeah. there's just so many, you can call that a force multiplier if you want, a talent multiplier. Oh, <laughs> when we have oh. more, oh, see what I did there, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and like we had said before, um, combat really encounters really only, you know, take maybe three or four rounds. So if you have abilities for your adversaries, I love this sentence. If your adversaries has an ability, they should use it at the first viable opportunity during an epic encounter because you probably won't get another chance to do it again. Um, That's it, so may as well. Yeah, unless you plan on this person, this adversary to be maybe a reoccurring bad guy or your main nemesis in your campaign, then sure. Save the big, nice power for, you know, mm. you know, show, you know, for, uh, for the end of the campaign or something like that. Um, so there are also some, some notes here on, on the talents that are specifically designed for PCs. So you want to avoid those talents that upgrade your, the wound and strain thresholds because you've already calculated those. Um, defense, your soak, and then your attributes as well. Okay? Um, and then talents that are used during narrative encounters, um, let me see. Um, you, know, you want to avoid the talents that are used during narrative encounters and don't affect the PCs directly. Um, let's see. And then avoid avoid the uh, giving your adversaries the plot point um, elements that add plot points or modify the ongoing narrative because you know what you're the gm you can just change it on the fly if you want they call out two specific ones here know somebody or how convenient are the two you might want to steer away from um let's see here um there are things that offer um protection the increase of protection like dodge sidestep and defensive stance they work well with your pcs but again they're some of those you might even yeah you have to spend strain um you have to spend maneuvers but the adversary talent just kind of rolls that in to one Mm -hmm. nice little package so leverage that very neat yeah 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 that really that's actually a fairly brilliant um talent for adversaries to be honest that's pretty cool um let's see here some more details um let me see there so special abilities are things that adversaries will have that the pcs will not have um and it just won't even they won't have them like um they can fly um swarm of insects or sturges um you won't be doing you won't be doing like half damage to a whole party you won't be giving your party the swarm ability um though that could be actually kind of interesting Hmm. May have to move. May have to. They do. May have to noodle on that one. Chris. <laughs> What's that? They do mention Chris. They do yeah. mention Chris that the closest thing would be the uh, archetype special abilities that start, like for example, a dwarf 
sees in dark vision. Like maybe, maybe. that's a could be an ability. Yes, that yes, a creature. Correct. Monster. Yep. But it's not a talent. You know, that would be the closest thing. Right. You know, right. They might have. Absolutely. So, so they have a list of talents here. Um, adversary talents, table two point four, two dash four. Um, they also have the special abilities table, uh, 2.5. Um, I really like the predetermined number of ranks they have selected for talents. So you mm-hmm. can give your adversaries ranked talents. It's just, here's like, for for instance, parry 3. Um, don't worry about whether they have parry 1 or parry 2. It doesn't matter. They have parry 3. That's all you got to worry yeah. about. You could give them the improved version of, say, improved field commander. Who cares if they don't have field commander, don't have that written? Just put it in your description. That yeah, will assume give it, they have it. Assume they have it and, and write down the basic ability of, like, field commander, say. Um, second wind four. That's not bad. That's one where you could spend a, um, a story point and whoop, your, your uh, bad guy can um, heal four strain. That's very handy in a social encounter, by the way. Um, Absolutely. Kind of got that out of the way. Now let's go into kind of the guidelines they have here for um, the talents and special abilities for our different adversary types. And Stefan, since you're doing the minion, why don't you go over those? Sure. So my Sturges... um, Or go over the guidelines. Let's, let's see what they yeah, have for guidelines I, I, and what oh, you picked. Sure. We'll do that. Let's sure. do that. So for minions, um, they recommend strongly not giving minions any talents by default mm-hmm. and no more than one special ability. But they do recommend giving them no special abilities by default unless it, the minion group needs that ability to represent its particular nature. Mm-hmm. So, and if you want to give your minions a talent, well, think carefully about it, uh, and that it fits the theme, and uh, mm-hmm. has an interesting impact, at least uh, on how they uh, they work in the in the game. So, also minions should have at least have one talent or one ability, but not but no more. That's what they recommend. But since my sturges are a little special, uh, I still did not give them any talents. They're not that special, but. <laughs> They're sturges, you know. Yep. Uh, when they do attack, I gave them a couple of abilities. Well, of course, they fly. And they see in the dark, which is fairly easy to, to narrate, uh, not too uh, yeah. too, uh, too much there. And their silhouettes, there some, the silhouette can, they, they sort of group that under uh, special abilities. But you know, their silhouette zero and take it individually, so big deal. <laughs> I don't think I would count that as... Uh, Something that makes a great impact. But I did give them uh, the ability to blood drain. So they drain blood at the end of the turn. That's what they do. Uh, After they've attached to a foe, inflicting a point of brawn damage. So brawn goes down. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. They don't rely on the actual damage uh, of wounds. They Once they've attached, they can... uh, Drain brawn, oh. and one, once it has dealt four points of brawn damage, it detaches and flies off <laughs> to digest. Oh. That's nasty, so, dude. Yeah, and they have the ability to attach. When it attaches, basically it's a successful brawn brawl ability, uh, but based on their agility. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, a target can try a hard coordination or brawl brawn check to try and uh, you know, remove one of the sturges. Yeah. So there's always a chance. So that's already difficult enough. And finally, uh, the ability since they're carry on crawl carry on eaters, you know, they're like just like flying rats. Yeah. Uh, they live in stagnant environments. They, the target can have maybe a chance of uh, uh, contracting a disease, you know, a filth fever, blinding sickness, or a similar disease. They say like a ten percent chance. So you can use your your percentage of dice that you use for crits, and see if uh, if, the, if the character who's been drained of bra of some blood contracts a disease. Gotcha. So that's my build. Steve. Yeah, that, that can be nasty. I, I, I still don't want to run up against Sturges. <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> with all of that, uh, I at least yeah. gave him a plus one combat and plus one general. Not, nothing on social because they don't they do not do social. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my, my thief acrobat that died to Sturges way back in first edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, they, <laughs> I still have PTSD from that. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> right. And okay, I would say, then. like, uh, if, if a creature, one of the Sturges' blood drains, you know, one of them has managed to, like they say, uh, drain four points of brawn, reduce that uh, that minion group by one as the Sturge leaves the group to uh, digest its meal. Nice. Uh, oh, that's not a bad idea. That's cool. Yeah. So maybe it uh, it's gets the, the the minion group gets a little uh, little weaker, but hey, someone got got drained of four points of brawn, so there might not be <laughs> being a, a the best flying of around anyway. with that bloated, not so fresh feeling. That's exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, alrighty then. Well, well, is that all you got for your for your minions there, then, Stefan? Yep, that's okay. enough for the for this particular minion. Yeah. <laughs> what about right. rival? There, uh, so my so my rival, my gunslinger here. Um, so they, so rivals, they don't always need talents, um, but link one link to their area of expertise is fairly appropriate. Um, you should give your, um, rival up to one talent. Also avoid giving rivals talents that require them to suffer strain because that actually, they would be suffering wounds if you all know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not an absolute rule, just they're, you know, just caution when you do that um they can also have up to one special ability now looking at this list he's a gunslinger gunslingers need quick draw right right um that would definitely fit so that'll be so that'll be one now i'd like my talent i'd like to um point out that in star wars their gunslinger had an ability in their talent tree, it's the only talent tree that has it, called Improved Quick Draw. Uh-huh. Which allowed them to draw two weapons nice. as an incidental. That and I would suck, think Tony. that your gunslinger should have the improved version. Because that's one of the things it mentions. Like it. Yeah. Somewhere in here it mentions that um, if you're going to take a talent and there's an improved version mm-hmm. and you want the adversary to have the improved vision version just yep. give them the improved version there you go draw two pistols 
Merci, chérie. Now, there wasn't... Draw two pistoles. Um, so I could... So it does say you give him a special ability. Um, there weren't any special abilities here that felt like my gunslinger. Um, other, other than um, a, a special ability here that I would actually pick for a nemesis, which I one of my favorite special abilities here, one step ahead. Um, mm -hmm. Once a round after an opponent performs an action or a maneuver, you may spend one story point to have this adversary perform an action or maneuver out, as an out-of-turn incidental. It says, you know, and recommends, what, powerful nemesis who can combat the PCs alone? Not so much. But I would like to give him a second... Um, talent, and because I'm going to be able to draw those two pistols, um, I might as well be able to wield them both, dueling, dual wielder, as a talent, mm -hmm. which I believe that reduces. I don't. I he will not have to increase his difficulty when shooting with both pistols. Yep. Um, now, if I wanted to make him a little more of a not like a nemesis level, but maybe just a little tougher. Um, I would, I would, the only other thing that I would pick for him here would be like, give him adversary one. Um, but I, I'm feeling this guy the way he's, he's good right now, the way he is. This is cool. Very so, nice. All right. Thank you, buddy. All right. What do you got yeah, for us? And, give, and yeah. giving your gunslinger adversary one doesn't increase any of his power levels. It's just, a neat ability, but doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't no. and um you know it I might be you appropriate. Know, anyway. I, I might even do that. I might do that because it'd be nice to have that you know PC that wants to duel this guy run out of ammo, right? If he mm -hmm. rolls that despair, correct? <laughs> well, yep. You could always spend a story point. You don't necessarily need the adversary for that. Oh, there's that. No. So, all right. I have to keep track of what this is up to now. <laughs> I just added one combat to what I've had before. So it looks like I'm up to three combat, one social, three general, it would seem. Mm. All righty then. So what about your nemesis there, Tony? Yeah. What well, you got for where is she at? Talent yes. special give abilities for nemesis. Mm. A nemesis should do something interesting each turn of an encounter. This means that while your nemesis doesn't have the talents or special abilities, um, have to have talents or special abilities, recommend you give them some. Uh, recommend not giving your nemesis more than three talents or special abilities total, unless they're a main reoccurring character in a campaign. In that case, give them four or five. Nice. Total between the two. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I went with four. I went with one talent, and that is adversary three. Because this yeah. thing is big, yep, and it is nasty, <laughs> and it's a, it's a, you know, it's something you run into at the say the end of a big dungeon, type, right? Um, it's it's a boss fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a big boss fight. Sure. So. <laughs> but it's big, it's nasty. I want it to be scary. So I went right to the bottom of the chart. Terrifying. Nice. <laughs> I like it. And 
there was there was another one I I, I, I saw on the chart, and Chris, you you know me well. You yep. you saw it too. Mm-hmm. One step ahead. Yeah, that just indicates a very clever, tactically clever foe. Yep, and you know. This is a very tactically clever foe. It's got a survival instinct like nothing else. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, and, I, would, I would rather use this special ability than the optional initiative rules that they lay out in the, in the core book. Correct. Right? Yep. yep. I would rather do that. Instead of giving them, what was it, two initiative slots, um, then yeah. like one at the very end it's of the round? It's a normal initiative slot and then one at the very end. Is what right. it, it because works. because this would be yeah this is this would be a good good ability assuming you have a story point to spend so yeah right. of course well, I mean players if your players are doing their job they're giving you plenty yeah they are it's um, going back and forth for sure so terrifying that allows you to use the optional fear rules in the back of uh, the Genesis Core rulebook which you know I love those fear rules and I have my own expanded sanity version of them yes. um, yeah you do but. Um, yeah, and it says it's key for large monsters and creatures, so that was really fitting. And then the, you know, the one step ahead, powerful nemeses who would combat the PCs alone. Yeah. This is designed to be a group fight for yeah. a group. So, yeah. So those two increase my um, my ratings, my power levels. Uh, combat uh, for terrifying. It's combat, social, and general all plus one. And for the um, one step ahead, it's combat two, mm-hmm. social one, and general zero, nice. which puts my totals two, four, six, eight, nine, nine combat, mm-hmm. yep, uh, two social, and three general as of now. Yeah, you know, the, another one for your um. For I'm your, there. Uh, I'm going with it. The third uh, one. I, I haven't wonder. mentioned it yet. I wonder. Uh, the third special ability I chose was natural weapons. Ah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, because this creature has its own, it's a monster, so it's not going to be carrying around weapons. Nope. It's going to be. It's going to have natural weapons, and what it says for natural weapons is you're going to choose one of the weapon profiles for from the small beast or creature equipment arrays and add it to your adversary's weapons. Yep. Do not record this ability on their profile. So it's, you don't record it as a part of the, the, the stat block. You're just yeah. going to add a weapon. And this, this creature would normally have one attack, normally. And then now this is going to give them two more for a total of three total attacks. And I'm going with the large beast or creature okay. um, stat block. Nice. So uh, the natural weapons... Up- Itself intrinsically no change zero 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 across the board to combat social general, and um, the large beast or creature equipment array is going to give me plus one to my combat. So I'm now sitting at a total of ten in combat. Right now, I can put that up to an eleven for you. I have another. I'm going to. I'm going to create my own special ability for a fifth item. Um, That special ability, I... Well, I'm not creating it. I'm I'm doing what I do on the slab. I found something somewhere, and I'm going to plug it in here. And to give it a combat rating of 
two. Because it's going to come into play a lot in combat. So I give it a combat rating of two. So that gives my creature a combat profile of 12. That's nasty. (laughs) Now, if there were like little minions about, the Loyal Followers is a great flavorful ability where once per round, when the adversary is targeted by a combat check, they can choose one ally within short range and attack its steps instead. That's great. (laughs) Bless you. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that one came up on him so fast he couldn't mute fast enough. He's definitely no, he sorry. Have. sorry for our listeners. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it happens. It happens it to me all the time. I just have time enough to move the mic away, mic, the mic away from my mouth. Yep. <laughs> but cool. yeah, you're right, Chris. I would normally this monster, I would totally give it that loyal followers. Mm-hmm. However, this particular one, mm-hmm. because this is what this is a one shot NPC or yeah. adversary. I'm not giving it that. Perfect. Yeah. I like it. Instead, that's I gave great. it the one step ahead. And yeah. I would switch. That's a Those two point. are interchangeable. One step ahead or loyal followers. Yeah. Could be interchangeable for this creature. Cool. And yeah. I, I would see loyal followers as a great ability to give a nemesis that's not tough as as tough in combat, but more social. You know, he's or loyal. He's somebody who's inspired, chi- who, Cobra or, Commander. You know, or, or Cobra somebody Commander who's shooting from somebody who's attacking from chicken shit range too. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, the lich in the back who has all yeah. his undead minions in front of him. Hell, they take the, all yeah. the hits. You know it, dude. So. so I do. I have a comment on just two other abilities here. I don't know if you guys do, but um, I just wanted to mention that the swarm ability is brilliantly simple, where. Yeah. You basically have the damage dealt to this adversary before applying soak, unless there's the blast or burn quality. That's it. It adds plus one to combat, but you know you yeah. go read like these swarm rules for like an addition that shall not be named, or you know, yeah. you know, path <laughs> math finder or whatever. What are the swarm rules again? What are they immune to? Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, you know, this this just simplifies it. You know, and then yeah. the one right after that called Tactical Direction. My Stormtrooper um, sergeants have this that I ran last night. I ran Star Wars game last night. I'm surprised this doesn't give a combat plus one because being able to, on your adversary, the guy that's leading your minion groups or whatever, to give them a free maneuver within medium range as an out-of-turn or incidental or just to give them a boost die to their next check I don't know. It feels like it. It needs to be a little bit more than just a plus one, a plus zero to the combat. What do you guys think? Well, I, I mean, really, I don't know. It's it's situational. That's well, the thing. I mean, oh, that's situational. Why. Yeah, and, right. and not always are your minions going to need if they're staying in one spot and using a ranged weapon, or yeah. standing in one spot using a melee weapon. They're going to use their maneuver to aim, and they don't sense. need another maneuver. Hmm. Um. It's when your your minions are trying to maneuver around the battlefield, and you've got a lieutenant that's with them, or in this case, yeah. your stormtrooper sergeant. Mm-hmm. This gives you abilities to take that second maneuver that minions don't normally get because they cannot suffer strain right. voluntarily. Yep. And so they can only ever get one maneuver without a sergeant nearby, and that's so it's Unless- kind of a built into the you know the. Yeah. the 
it's yeah. situational though. It's still yeah. very situational. And that's why it's the only at zero. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, and the only the only way a minion could have two maneuvers is, is if they downgrade their action to a maneuver. Right. Gotcha. Right. So they they, they, they they could do that. I'm I'm sorry. Do that. They'll never that get um, two maneuvers in now, action without this ability no. being on a rival. Right. Now exactly. with now this is as an out of turn incidental, so does that that doesn't count against their number of maneuvers per turn, right? It does. They still have their hard cap of two. It per does turn. say it in here. Where would where would where would that come in? Where where it, would we get, find the rules the for that? Trooper Sergeant profile. I'm sorry. Well, we're not playing Star Wars anymore. <laughs> but I'm just saying, would it? I, I use that as an example because I used it last night. That's why it stood out I to know. me when I read it today. <laughs> but um, but it doesn't say it here in Genesis. There's no cap on it. Is there a cap on it in Genesis? Yes, or there's a hard cap on maneuvers. Turn? Unless it specifically states otherwise, you are capped at two. Okay, then. Um, that'd be nice yeah. to have in here, then. That's something they missed, I think. Yeah. If, if, there, are, yeah. if there isn't a, a cap, then I would definitely see it as being a plus one combat. Right. And if there the way was I read no, it, the, no way, the way I'm reading, and that's probably why I think it was probably, because I'm thinking, hey, this actually gives them a third maneuver in one round. Yeah. Now, yeah, I know you can't but, take more than two on your turn when it's your turn, but out of turn, you might be able to move a little more. Anyways, just figured I'd bring yeah. that up because it was interesting. Yeah. That's it. And going back to the Swarm, the reason I didn't give Swarm to my uh, Sturges is that they're, they're a little bit bigger than a typical Swarm. Swarms will be very tiny bugs, you know, bees and ants yep. and uh, hummingbird-sized maximum. These are a bit bigger. Like, uh, I see. Bat size, so they're they can be hit individually, but Vorpal give them the swarm. Vorpal, um, <laughs> honeybees. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or vor no right. vorpal hummingbirds. <laughs> so, all right. I just want to. What do you make a this? note on that? There's some stuff here. The um about talents, uh, some more yeah. stuff, prerequisites and tiers okay. uh, before we move on to the equipment arrays and whatnot. Yep. It says you don't have to abide by tiers and prerequisites when you're up adding talents to your adversaries. Um, you don't, you know, if you're you have a single tier 5 and two tier 3 talents or nothing else, that's fine. You don't have to have a pyramid for your mm -hmm. um, adversaries. And you don't have to worry about prerequisites. If it tells you you have to have this talent to get to the other talent, nope. You just Same with the quick draw improved, like I said. In that right. stat block in the Star Wars Gunslinger, you had to have quick draw to get the quick draw improved. In this, you, you, you don't. If there's an improved version of a talent or a, uh, or a talent that has a prerequisite, ignore it. Yeah. Uh, ignore the prerequisite. And so assume he has it or simply skip over it because they're, they're just bad guys, you know. They'll be there only for a limited time anyway. And yeah. then, of course, setting appropriate talents. Um, there's talents listed in this profile that may not be, or in this chart here, that may not be appropriate for every... If you're doing a hard sci-fi setting, you're not going to give masterful casting to yeah. right. um, your adversary. So mm -hmm. choose set setting appropriate stuff. So. Yep. Good point. Exactly. Okay. Well, so then. now step seven, right? No, six. In the PDF, it's going to be exactly. six. If you bought the print out, little printed typo book, in the printout book. Yeah. Yeah, if you print yes, out, I'm looking at my physical book where it had step five, talents and abilities, special abilities. Step seven, equipment. Step yep. six is to pause 
and wonder where it went. Where the step yeah. six was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what, did we skip a step? <laughs> but on the PDF, it's step six. Yes, it is. Yep. So equipment, specifically armor and weapons, can be a powerful multiplier. Uh, uh, close. For combat effectiveness. In addition, <laughs> even more than talents, equipment is entirely dependent on the setting your ga- and your game taking place. There are two approaches to equipping your adversary. First is the freest form. You simply equip the adversary with the gear you feel they need, and you're done. And then you kind of apply a power rating based on sort of what you put on there. Yeah. And there's some guidelines for that. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah. These guidelines yeah. are great, or, by the way. Or, yeah, the guidelines are great, and I'll go into those. Or you can choose an equipment array, and they have a vast number of equipment arrays. Yeah. Uh, three pages worth almost. I mean, with just a little bit of tweaking, these pretty much you cover. I don't know if there's really anything these don't really don't cover. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So these equipment rays work just fine. But if you want to use setting specific weapons and whatnot, um, or you know a, a named magic item or whatever, and you want to build that stuff and give it to your uh, adversary you're going to use the first method. Using the first method, uh, you've got some guidelines. The first thing, first guideline is the weapons that you give your adversary, if the weapon deals four to seven base damage, we're talking base damage, not what's finally rolled with successes and whatnot, or armor with plus one soak or one defense, the combat power level boost is zero. And it only deals with gear here only really deals with the initial the weapons only deal with the, the combat power level yeah. weapons that deal 8 to 14 base damage plus 2 soak or 2 to 3 defense plus 1 power level weapons that do 15 plus base damage armor with a plus 3 soak or a defensive 4 is plus 2 to their power combat power level Weapons that allow the adversary to hit multiple foes or inflict multiple hits on a combat check are plus two to their combat level. I.e. auto-fire. Right. Yeah. Right. Auto-fire or, or um, spells blast. with multiple targets. Yeah, um, blast. Blast abilities. Um, the yeah. one I created. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> armor... With the reinforced quality, uh, is a plus one combat level, because reinforced means you can't can't be sundered, can't be nope. destroyed, or mm-hmm. can't no armor with it. You can't be critted. I think I don't remember. I'm not going to quote. Don't no, quote me on that, folks. It's the uh, it cannot be damaged. You know, suffered ah. by sundered. Ah, okay. Well, I I was right the first time. I, I start to question myself there. I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> gear that adds a uh, advantage or remove setback dice from social or general skills is plus zero to the social or general power level. But gear that adds success or boost dice to social or general skills are going to increase the general power level or social power level by one. Cool. And last but not least, if you give your creature or person armor that then in- pushes their soak above seven, which they tell you not to do earlier in the chapter, but if you decide to do that, break the law, (laughs) it pushes it above seven, 
then increase that combat level by an additional plus one. Yeah, I'm giving my Sturges uh, a special type of force field that increases their soak by a plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> okay. Well, those are, those are the guidelines, and those work really well if you're creating something. Um, but the arrays really work. They do. Yeah, they're very good guidelines. They do. Do you guys see any re- arrays you like? I know I chose one, but you guys I chose see any one. Like? The, one, the one that I liked that actually, when I was just kind of flipping through here and just kind of looking, look at the, um, the second piece of equipment for the doctor. Face protection. <laughs> Isn't that appropriate for nowadays? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I figured I'd just pull that out. I, I figured I'd just mention that. That's pretty cool. There was one other thing. Um, what was yeah, it? They, it adds they, to your resilience checks. Um, of course it does. <laughs> and, you know, stay like, you know, have your social distance, social distancing in your, in your RPGs. <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh, there was something else in here that was, um, I don't know. They just put a couple of, you know, like an adventurer, um, you know, leather vest, backpack, length of rope, torch, and a well-worn hat. Why not? <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> and a whip. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't read the idol. I'll give you the whip. Right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's I think it's pretty cool, um, some of these. Yeah. Oh, pretty cool, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Flashy outlaw, maybe, for your gunslinger? Of course it is. Yeah, he's got a... This array can equip a criminal with a flair for large, dramatic, and potentially impractical weapons. Person probably gives off a certain roguish charm. So his weapon is going to have an intimidating range weapon. My guy's going to have two. Um, Mm -hmm. They are certainly not going to be inaccurate. If anything, they will be accurate one. Um, So range light, damage seven, crit three, range medium, inaccurate one, nah. Not so much. It's going to go to accurate one for both. A dashing coat with an exposed holster or two. Um, we'll add a, um, a dashing duster. Adds an advantage to the results of all charm and coercion checks the character makes. A fancy cape or hat. Removes a setback from all social checks. Um, He's going to have a nice hat. Well, that's it. You know? And keeps the rain off. Right. <laughs> you know? Always nice. have yeah, that. Mine? Yeah. My minions will only have like small beast or creature, teeth and claws or a blood sucking nice. probosai. That's about go. it. Okay. <laughs> um, did you have any other favorites though, Stefan? Uh, no, not really. I, I, the uh, flashy outlaw just you know leapt out at me a little bit yeah. because of uh, <laughs> what Jamie, uh, not Jamie, mm-hmm. sorry, Chris was uh, thinking of. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, but I'll have to revisit this for my own Dragon Star as I was doing generic soldiers and warriors, and listing equipment without uh, bloating the uh, stat blocks. So that could be looked at a bit more. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I really enjoyed the um, the noble. Just the flavor of it. They, They they have a dueling weapon. No, and, and that doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a dueling sword. It could be a dueling pistol and just change mm-hmm. it from melee to ranged. Yep. Probably range um, short if it's a dueling yep. pistol, I would think. Right. Yeah. 
and instead of damage plus two, you know, damage plus two implies a brawn of two average mm-hmm. plus two four. So you just set the pistol's damage at four mm-hmm. if you were doing ranged. Yeah, fair um, enough. So and then it, it grants defensive one. In this case, if it's a dueling pistol, accurate one. Nice. Um, fancy clothing adds a uh, an automatic advantage on all social checks. This character makes. The Signet Ring of Authority adds a success oh. to any social checks this character makes. So they're adding a, set, a success and an advantage. So they essentially have a pre-programmed boost die to oh, the best cool. side on the boost die. There which you go. Is, I think, great. And then, of course, in important documents and a coin, a full coin purse. They've got all the oh, money they need. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's true. Nice. So... You know the players are going to get that. That's why it's vague. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you know. Depending on the setting, yeah, the world. Yeah. It could be silver or gold or jewelry. So so what I did is because my big beastie has has three attacks. My natural weapons only gave me two when I took the talent or when I took the um, special ability. It only gave me two. So I went ahead and chose large beast or creature again for equipment array to give me two more attacks types. Awesome. And so this big nasty beastie is going to have um, four attack types. But one of them, and this will give away what I made, I converted it to a defense. Okay, yeah, I I can't think of that. So here's my attacks. I have claws that are going to be brawl, damage 8, crit 4, ranged with an ensnare of 1. And then I'm going to have my uh, spiked tail, which is brawl based, damage 12, crit 3. And has Vicious 2. Then it has a pharyngeal jaw. This is a brawl brawl weapon with a damage of 10. Critical 2. A range of... All these are range of engaged. Pierce 3, but it has prepare 1. And it has Vicious 3. Yeesh. And then my fourth (laughs) a damaging attack is concentrated acid for blood. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, when a player (laughs) when a player Game over, man. Game (laughs) over. (laughs) Now I I will I will I will say something here in a minute that I cheated on these attacks, but um (laughs) the uh, and and the acid blood. Uh, the acid blood, when a player attacking this creature rolls three threat or a despair, the GM may, or they will take uh, damage. They take damage, uh, I think it's three damage with burn three. Acid. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to take three damage that ignores soak and has burn three. Oh. We're doomed. <laughs> We're doomed. Yes. Now, what I say, I cheated because uh, there is an individual who had uh, created this monster already. 
And um, I had that thought after I decided to make this thing um, that someone had done a treatment and put it up on the on the um, Fantasy Flight forums, and that was Phil Krasminski. Uh, thank you, Phil, for doing that. You did a great job. A shout out to you. It's a great setting document. And that's the aliens setting document that he did out there. Of course. <laughs> and this is the alien queen. However, yeah. <laughs> mine, because it's a unique one, and she's named, she is the what are, the queen in exile, is what she's called. Mm. The xenomorph queen in exile. Oh my. Because she doesn't have any of her drones. She no mm. longer has her egg sac. She's yeah. alone. Oh. Trapped somewhere. Well, well she this. voluntarily detached from her, uh, mm. her exact. And yes, 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 yes. So Someone else well, would call her just a bitch. But anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> while I took that. and created my own main profile, I took his attacks and I just copied them over. And I right. took that acid blood defense mm-hmm. for my fourth attack. Right. Uh, cool. <laughs> so, <sighs> yes. I, right. And right. that is going to boost her total... Uh, because I chose this array, this large beast, that's going to boost her total combat to 13. Okay. What's her social in general? Social is 2, okay. and her general is 3. Okay, so total. Okay, so yeah, we're going to be getting into adversary power levels next. Wow. that's. What would you come up with the total for your, for your minions there, um, Stefan? Well, I'm pretty close to what I came out with initially. So it started out at Minus one combat and social in general. With all the bonuses, uh, combat came out to three. Minus one for social, that becomes one because yep. it's the, the minimum. And after all, general is plus two instead of one. Okay. Not so bad. Close. Three, one, and two. And initially I had three, one, and one. Nice. Well, I came out with combat of four. Social of two, general of three. And I actually went back to the skill arrays, the skill packages. Um, Because of the quick draw talent that I grabbed, right? Um, I noticed he didn't have vigilance as a skill. So I replaced Skullduggery in both skill packages, a Skullduggery three, with a vigilance three in the gunslinger package. Um, that gives him eight skills. Um, yeah. Because Skullduggery just didn't feel right for this dude. But yeah, Vigilance, understandable. But v- v- Vigilance did. So that was really the only only tweak that I made um, to it. And then what I mentioned in the for his weapons gave him a second pistol. And I made yeah. the pistol's accurate one instead of um, that. But I'm wondering, so I was looking at that. If I make those pistols accurate, does that increase the combat? So it's combat one, social one, general zero for that flashy outlaw. And looking at those general guidelines you had, you went over there, Tony. Well, yeah, it it does increase it. it. Well, if you you have a a boost, well, a boost die to social or general skill checks, it does. But it doesn't say anything about adding. So maybe the combat doesn't go up by one. Um. But you maybe go, a second pistol would. You know, and this is going to be, yeah, the second pistol definitely would increase your combat. Yeah, so I'll, so make, yeah. I'll make the plus combat. One. I'll make that a plus two then. There we go. E- okay. Even if it doesn't 
add accuracy. You just remove the inaccurate. They're not more accurate, but they're not inaccurate either. They're, they're just yeah decent pistols that are fairly intimidating. So that puts them up to a combat of five. Yeah. Then all right, sweet. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like this guy. All right. All Anything right. else that we have for building these adversaries, or shall we move on to the power levels? I think that's it. Excellent. Well, um, so this next part, we were talking about... Oh, sorry, did you have something there, Stefan? Don't, no, go ahead. Okay, so this next part is making those encounters... I hate to use this word, balanced. I'm choking as a dungeon master and game master here. Why would you want to balance encounters? I don't know. Just put something out there. If they need to run, they'll run. Um, But if you would like to balance your encounters, there's some these adversary power levels allows you to get in the get in the area of the power for your for your players or for your player characters here. Um, so we went into the different power levels. Um, there's the combat power level, there's the social power level, and then there's the general power level, which, um, the general, we didn't quite go into details about that. Um, but those are things that will allow you to buff your allies, track your opponents through the wilderness, move easier, heal, um, characters and all of those, um, and then we did mention, yeah, and then at the very bottom of this first column here, it says, remember, if an adversary power level is at one, increase it to one. If it's less than one, then increase it to one. Which, Stefan, you had mentioned that when you were going over yours there. That's um, it, so. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, there's a sidebar here on the page, minion power levels. Um, these power levels are assuming they're in a group of three minions. So if it's a, yeah. if it's in a group of two or alone, um, uh, you'll want to decrease that power level by one. If it's in a group of five or higher, if you're creating minion groups with five of them or more, you'll want to increase the combat and social power level by one because you know you're upgrading those checks four times if you have five minions, right? So well, that's it. Then you're, yeah. you're getting more dice, and so usually. It- I've always made groups, uh, medium groups of three or four. Yep. Rarely higher than that. Right. Right. So if and you're then three as, or four, then you don't have to modify the uh, the power levels. Right. You're fine. Right. Yep. And then, um, so then, um, let's create an encounter. How are these used to create an encounter? Um, Tony, or do you want to take this one? Sure. You want to walk us through so, this? So using power levels to create an encounter, you want to know your group's power level. That is not, you know, in in D-Shift-7-D, it's easy. You're level 5, okay? In Genesis, it's a little bit more nebulous. Mm -hmm. We use the earned XP total. Yeah. Um, Not the... PC, not their total of beginning not XP. Not starting XP. No, not starting XP. We lose, use their earned XP total um, as a guideline. And it's yep. uh, it goes in, um, starts out in 25 XP increments and goes up to yeah. 50 and then hundreds at a time. And even jumps by by the end, it's jumping two hundred fifty. Right. Yeah. So, I have a, um, I have an issue with the I have an issue with the title of that first column. 
PC XP total should be average earned XP, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, because you may have PCs that haven't quite, they might, somebody might have missed a session, you know, or two. Um, you'll want to take that, whatever their earned XP is, and then average it. Then wherever it falls, you know, that's where you'll want to go. So, sorry, Tony. Forget that's okay. That. So each XP total has uh, a series of entries and the list appropriate uh, encounter challenges depending. And there's a chart here. It's a very detailed mm -hmm. chart. Uh, counts takes into account the number of player characters in your group. Yep. Um, and uh, it tells you which is an appropriate challenge rating for a moderately challenging encounter. Right. So, for instance, um, if we wanted to do, so say if we, so we have an advantageous threats coming up here soon mm -hmm. and we've created steph and i have created two pcs with zero earned xp so what would Correct. be the what would be the appropriate challenge rating for that advantageous threats tony uh it'd be two <laughs> perfect okay so Sounds good to me you know and that's yeah. that's the minimum <laughs> yep uh and that would be appropriate for a moderate challenge for that mm -hmm. group yep now there's some additional modifiers, and there's also this little sidebar, which is very important sidebar, and that is know your group. Okay. That yeah. is key for any GM of any system. Knowing your group, you know, I, I talk about my Gra Grognard gamers for, for days about how these guys, um, they, in other systems, min-maxed like crazy, so... Mm -hmm. I yeah. always had to give all my monsters maximum hit points. Always had to give them, you know, a, a little tweak here and there. Give them an ability that they don't, the guys don't know don't they know. have because they've read the monster manual from cover to cover. Yeah, you know, things like that. Three times. <laughs> yeah, and always had to throw them for a loop. To well, keep that's it why fresh for them. These guys yeah. been playing with since I was ten. I'm okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's why I believe Genesis was so fresh for them, and Tiernoth fresh for me and. Whatever, you know, haven't seen these adversaries before, and what abilities do no. they have? Oh, that looks like a Basculus. What? No, it can't be. <laughs> yeah. No. And you can tweak them, even if it looks like a Basilisk. It's like, no, no, it's a fire-breathing exactly. lizard. That's mm -hmm. all. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's why, and you know, mentioning another, another system, that's why Starfinder is so appealing to me. Granted, it's, you know, it's in that vein of, you know, three-point five you know pathfinder or whatever but those those adversaries are just different it's a different mm. feel right so yeah anyways it's very unique on the adversaries and the, the monsters and that i will agree yeah um but yeah your your character your players if they tend to have constant creative solutions to mo uh, problems yeah then you know you might want to adjust uh if they yeah. if they tend to be straightforward and simple players who don't solve the um riddles very easily mm -hmm. you may want to adjust down uh, after all you know them better than we do these are just guidelines and that's yep. what this sidebar says perfect um, yeah. yeah and uh, then like there's also some additional challenge rating modifiers that go into this the majority of the group is armed with weapons uh with a base damage of eight or higher plus one to the challenge rating in cool. the encounter so you could throw up uh, something bigger at them if they've got bigger weapons. Mm -hmm. If the majority of the group is equipped with nice armor that has plus two soak or higher, or defensive two or higher, 
then you can increase that challenge rating by one. Mm-hmm. At least two members of the party possess a means of inflicting multiple hits on a single target or um, multiple targets. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, plus one challenge rating in combat encounters. And then there's also, yeah. if there is only one adversary opposing these uh, at least three characters, then plus one to the challenge rating in all encounters. Gotcha. So there's some tweaking to that. It's not just hard-coded. Right. And again, you can go plus or minus mm-hmm. to give your players a sense of, you know, this is an easy encounter, this is a, this is a hard encounter, this is a deadly encounter, run the hell away. Um, yeah, yeah. So for us, I think what we've created there, Stefan, I think we're still sitting at a CR2. <laughs> Zero much, XP, yeah. man. Yep. Zero XP. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, we should be fine, I'm sure. I'm sure we will be. <laughs> we'll be just fine. <laughs> but that pretty much covers, I mean, all of this. That was a yeah. big chunk and chapter. It was. It was. You know what? Tony, what do you think of this last? It says one final note right above where it talks about additional encounter rating for modifiers. It says one final note. When you build an encounter, generally you should ensure there are not any more adversaries than there are PCs. Counting minion groups as one adversary. What do you think about that one? As a general rule, that works. Because as a GM, especially one who GMs online all the time, yeah. It is tedious to keep track of multiple groups of it, minions, rivals. Whatever, I yeah. rarely ever, and only when I'm trying to herd or flood the group with NPC, with uh, adversaries, do I ever throw more adversaries at my players than, than I have players. Right. Okay. Cool. It works. It, that is a great note to do. You know, if you got four players, try to keep your balanced encounter with four or less adversaries. Yeah, that's unless, cool. unless it's a big campaign ender, then throw ten at them. Why not? <laughs> or more. <laughs> yeah, especially if you, your 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 players are well equipped and they're fresh, right? And they're, they're, or, they're experienced, or just, just one big, or just one big adversary that that we can stun lock. But moving on, moving on. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, on that note, I think, are we done? I think I we're think done. So. I think it might be time to do mm-hmm. some advantageous threats, huh? Yeah. All right, well, welcome back to the show, and we're on to our next segment, the Advantageous Threats, our favorite little segment where we build, roll, and narrate the die results for some sample skill checks for hopefully your entertainment and obviously ours. And this time, uh, Tony is running us through a little scenario of, uh, of slime and, and, and tentacles and stuff. What have you got for us today, Tony? <laughs> Space, the final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
The away team of the starship Castello has been beamed to the surface of a newly discovered planet to study the crash site of an unknown alien spacecraft. Our two crew members have found what appears to be the remains of the crash survivor's campsite, when suddenly they realize they are not alone. So who are our two intrepid, red-shirted <laughs> Well, they're being banged down. They're being being down. So that's right. <laughs> and, like and I, I love internet, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are you playing, Stefan? I'm playing the uh, the very fit and uh, dashing Lieutenant Darren W. West, who's very keen to prove himself to his captain as being a able security officer aboard the ship. Nice. Um, and he's he's protecting whom, Chris? Well, your uh, chief security, uh, your chief security um, engineer, or chief engineer Montgomery O'Brien, um, and Captain. The name of the ship that the, is the Castillo, not the Castello. What the hell's the matter with you? All right, so uh, uh, who's on first? Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, as far as a career here goes, the only thing I had to choose from is a hacker. But you know, I'm a freaking engineer. Especially as far as the specialization is concerned, the fucking I'm the chief fucking engineer. I don't I specialize in everything. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Doesn't matter if it's broke. If it isn't broke. <laughs> By the way, um, yeah, it doesn't nice. doesn't matter if it isn't broke. I can fix it. Well, well, you know <laughs> exactly. And as far as you know, like his background here, um, you know he's uh, out to prove his worth on yet another away mission. His motivation is uh, to explore new worlds and to seek out new technology and new life well, and new civilizations. <laughs> so, to describe to you the scene before you, there, you beamed down to this planet about a kilometer from this current location. You had to hike here because okay. near the crash site, the, there's strange radiation emissions that are preventing uh, beaming to and from, messing with the, uh, some tachyon emissions. Right. Uh, I get out my. So as soon as we hit, boom, the the tricorder is out, and um, I've got a com badge. Just tap to talk. No flip phone to talk shit here, no. man. Um, Same here. <laughs> and then I've got my um, my tricorder. It's to right. sling it around from the crossbody strap, flip it open, listen mm-hmm. to the beeps, look at the colors, and just make shit up, you know, as we're walking. <laughs> so that's pretty much it has, what. <laughs> it has an eight-track tape recorder, too. <laughs> well, you're right. noticing very rich mineral deposits in the planet, mm-hmm. um, and that it is um, is tectonically unstable, and uh, that the... Um, the uh, crash up ahead seemed to have happened in the last few years, sometime okay. recently. Right. Um, uh, although you'd have to get closer to it, which you guys then decide to do so. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get close to this crash, and you see this just wrecked alien spaceship. And the alien, by the means that you do not recognize the configuration gotcha. as, as a human craft right uh, well now that i'm your here. particular fleet of the mm-hmm. stars well <laughs> now that we're closer um 
can I maybe do a computer's check and use this uh, stinking tricorder to maybe scan for life signs? Though it's been here for two years. I don't know if anybody survived. Well, you, in a second, you're you're not getting any readings yet. You're no right. need to make a check is what I'm saying. There's no Got need it. to make a check. Okay. Um, you're not getting any life readings other than uh, microbio, microbiological life forms. Okay. Um, you know, microbes that are naturally in the environment. Right. Um, okay. You get close and you do find some biological remains. Oh. And this is where you find this campsite. Okay. And you're going around looking at the campsite and you're you see there's these bodies, mm-hmm. two bodies particularly that you find. They appear to be humanoid. Okay. Uh, however, they are both, um, you know, they've been ripped in half. Oh. Uh, at the round the waist, both of them. And they are uh, producing the, 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 the fluvia around their wounds is not red blood. It's a white milky substance. Ooh. What? What is that? I do a medicine check on them, maybe. Uh, sure. Let's see your scan or something. Give yourself a boost die for that tricorder because it, yeah. it, it can. Okay. So I got a four. Darren will uh, stand over and uh, watch. Uh, yeah. Sure. Well, a four, a four intellect. I don't have any ranks in medicine because I'm the freaking engineer. I don't have bones down here with me. Um, but I do have the boost die. What kind of difficulty are we talking, Tony? Um, we'll go with average. Average. Okay. Um, all right, I'm good with this. Okay. Cancel, cancel, cancel. One success, two advantage on this. Um, it, uh, it, it, one success, your success is you realize that they are not biological life forms. They're an android of some type. Oh, Interesting. All right. Um, well, maybe with with my advantage, could I tell? Other than, you know, the fact that they're in half, what might have killed them, or might what might have done that to them? Is it a uh, was a it part of was it part spear. of a what? A massive spear. A spear. Like so speared. So it wasn't like a. So it wasn't part of the crash. It doesn't seem like it was like a. You know, they got like cut in half by like part of the ship. It looked like a spear. Okay. 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 At that moment, some of the crash rubble nearby. Yeah. Shifts and makes you two jump. Would you two please make vigilance checks at this point? All right. Okay. Vigilance for me. My willpower is two. No ranks in it. And your is there a difficulty? It's going yeah. to be three red. Th- red? <laughs> oh, three red. Crap. Okay, then. Now, you may choose not to make the roll and just be oblivious to this, if you'd like. Oh, no. You'll try. There no, this is fun. <laughs> I have a feeling I can make this check. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, yep. One failure, one advantage, or, sorry, one failure, one threat, and a despair. <laughs> 
Lieutenant Darren got a failure and a threat. Okay. okay. Uh, so, as you're looking over these bodies, yeah, and you're staring down at your tricorder, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the wound very closely, the rubble shifts ahead of you, uh, and you look up, and at that exact moment, you feel something loom up from behind you. What? Everyone roll initiative. Oh, I'm going to no. use your despair to upgrade my initial check. Okay, uh, then. That's great. Oh, I just got one for my initiative. Vigilant. I got a success and three advantage. One success, three advantage, so 1.03. Chris, you had 1.00? Yep. Okay, and I had 2.02. Okay, then. So, um, I, I think it's quite apparent that your two cre- gentlemen on this away team have run into something very big and very scary. Right. I will... I will um, sh- so, this large black creature bursts from beneath uh, a small portable shelter nearby and just spears down at you uh, uh, Chief O'Brien with its big spear tail just comes down right towards your back upgraded because it's attacking you with surprise from behind nice Mm. this is great and my despair upgrades it yet again Yep. No, I'm up. I'm upgrading it for the despair. Got it. Okay. Um, cool. I, and uh, I'm for your threat. Take strain. For your threat, also, Stefan, take strain on your on your vigilance okay. checks. I forgot to say that. All right. All right. All right. So my check right now yeah. is um, four yellow dice uh, for my brawn of four and my brawl of four. Uh huh. Um, two purple for melee. My free upgrade for the despair. Because um, I caught you, you by surprise, so that adds a green die. Okay. And um, she spent her maneuver aiming this, so I'm throwing in a boost die. Perfect. Well, let's see here. The combat ready. Um, oh, hang on a second. I need to increase my soak by one because that office, that uniform, gives me a soak of one. Um, I don't have any defense. Um, okay. But I do have a story point. You that do. I would like to flip. Um, okay. And, it is flipped. All right. And then um, just to let everybody know um, what our CR is, mm-hmm. it was <laughs> two, and everybody else can kind of guess what is attacking us. What would you come yeah. up with? A 16 irrelevant. <laughs> It's an irrelevant point right now. I we have dice to roll. I know. Well, you know, I'm telling a story, Tony. You know, I spend a story I, point I telling a story. I understand, but the dice tell the story. Oh, Genesis. I know they do. So let's, I know they do. Do you have anything you want to do to my dice? Uh, well, yeah, I spend a story you spent point that to story upgrade point. it. Okay. Yep. Right. And then um, I would probably soil my pants. So. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a free. That's an incidental. Unless we need to make a fear right. check or anything too. So. You know, that might so. Yeah, you're going to be making fear checks. Uh, that is true. Uh, when you first encounter this creature. So I, I I will just have you both do it at the top of your initiative. At the start of our initiative? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so my green die came up blank. So getting Yay. you by surprise. And the other really yellows came up blank anything. too, right? Oh, okay. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> one of my one of my um, one of my uh, challenge dice is removed by uh, one of my um, proficiency dice with two advantage, two threat. That's taken out. Okay. Uh, and my um, my 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 difficulty die I will remove with just the tiniest little bit of advantage off this boost die, leaving me with one, two, three, four successes, five successes. Yep. One advantage. And a triumph. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So, my five successes means you're going to take 17 wounds. Ouch. Well, let's see. Considering I can soak three of those, <laughs> okay, I take 14 then? Any pierce? Uh-huh. Nope. All right. Um, well, why don't you roll a critical... Because I pushed you over your wound threshold? I have 14 wounds of 12. But <laughs> I believe I took the durable talent. So we will be able to... Re- you'll be able to re- take 10 off of this um, when you roll it, Tony. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm also going to spend my triumph... To crit me? To, um, to increase my critical by so 10. Cancel, basically, so that'll cancel my durable talent. And... So. The weapon she is striking you with is vicious too. So you'll add twenty percent net to this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, go for it. So, <laughs> um, she will roll the seventy-one plus twenty percent. That'd be ninety-one. Holy 91 on The Genesis chart. Yep. Uh, I'm going to it now too. I Should don't I? have it out in front of me. That's I'm okay. That away. That's all right. It's uh, what you said. It's seventy-one. No, 91. Uh, 91. 91. At the brink, the target suffers two strain each time I perform an action until... That's great. I mean, I'm unconscious, so I don't have to worry about suffering strain. <laughs> yeah. <There we> okay. <laughs> so and, I will um, add that one to my hit here. So <laughs> that is her action. Uh, now she mm-hmm. is... Well, going to how many more yeah, so attacks for, do you have? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I could take another one if I Why wanted not? to. Yep. Because you I know. have the one step ahead. No, and not 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 now. You can't. But not right now. I could take it <laughs> later when one of us, right. which I will do after, after whomever have. wants to go next. <laughs> well, I'm the only one who's conscious. Yeah. Darren's the only one conscious, so uh-huh. he he's a bit surprised going, ah, what the hell is that? Well, fear check first. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fear check. So, as I do, I always upgrade my fear checks based on ranks and adversary. So, it, her terrifying is going mm-hmm. to be three red. Uh-huh. Adversary three? How did I know that? She's yeah. adversary three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I'm not going to spend the uh, story point. I only got one left anyway. So going to roll that. So I only have two green. No ranks in discipline. <laughs> you got this. You totally got this. Oh, nope. Two green versus nope, three, three red. Yeah, no, I've got one failure and a threat. <laughs> one failure and a threat. So 
in fear checks, uh, failure means you're going to suffer a setback die to all actions. And a threat in your fear check um, means that you're going to have an additional setback die in the very first action as you're kind of frozen. Yeah. Okay. Two setback dice. All right. Fair enough. So He's frozen. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. <laughs> no, he's going to try uh, to, to shoot his phaser pistol at it. As an action, as a maneuver, <laughs> since he's right there, he was trying to cover Chief uh, Chief Engineer. Uh, before all this happened, he's going to bend down to uh, and touch his communicator, and he's like, oh, Cal- "Starship Callisto, two to beam up, two to beam up now, man, now, man, game over." <laughs> <laughs> Or else it's game over. <laughs> and he fires his pistol. All right. Phaser. phaser. Phaser pistol. We yes. have, I, I chose a type one phaser pistol, by the way. Oh, yes. You know, from the original series. Ah, I'll just have. Is he a collector? Bzzzorch. <laughs> well, because you know, because you know, somebody listening to this, one of you ten out there listening to this is like, I don't know what what kind of pistol is it. Is it going to be from the original series or next generation or ah. <laughs> <laughs> or from Picard? I don't know. <laughs> no. All right, All right. Series. What's All right. Uh, what's your dice pool look like? Well, I'm clicking on it. Come on, oh, come on, save already. Clicking I just want click, to click, dude. That was faster rolling, rolling with just my hands. I know, I know. Let me just go with the. Uh, <laughs> and I'm dead. Light, then. And I'm dying. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got uh, three green and a yellow. Mm-hmm. And I've got two setback dice because of my threats and, and other you're, things. You're at so short range. Difficulty? Yeah. Which is normally one single difficulty die. However, with three right. upgrades for adversary, That's you're it. going to have. Uh, uh, that'll be upgraded to red, then it'll mm-hmm. be upgraded to another difficulty die, and then that'll be upgraded to red. So you'll have two challenge dice. Two challenge dice and two setback dice. Alright, and he's gonna try to aim a second maneuver, take him to strain, and aim uh, for it. Uh, okay. For a boost dice. Alright. So there we go. Are, are you done with your pool? You're not I done yet. So. Uh, she's kind of sort of holding the chief up between the two of you, almost like uh, she's using him as a human shield speared uh, on her wait, tail. Of course. So go ahead. Nice. Uh, I flipped the story point, so add another uh, difficulty die. Would you? Right. So like okay. a rag doll, I'm in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to try to make sure we <laughs> we get beam, beam back up, so I'll sp- uh, you know, do a... Uh, Flip the story point as well to get a. Yeah, I kind of jumped the gun there. I should let you do that first, but yes. Well, that's okay. We we're, we're used to doing it out of order, but that's okay. All right, so I've got two greens, two yellow, a boost dice, two setback dice, two challenge, and a difficulty. Rainbow Let's pool, do rainbow Yay. pool, yes. do it. <laughs> Come on, roll dice. I think two we need successes. Roll a couple of force dice in there too. <laughs> two successes. Two successes oh. out of all of that. Oh. All right. Oh yeah. So that causes a total of. The base damage is five, so uh, seven damage, pierce two. 
seven damage, pierce two. So, yeah. um, so she will soak six of that. Um, no, she'll soak six, pierce two. So she actually only soaks four of it, taking right. three. So nice. she's at twenty. She's at three wounds of her thirty-one wound threshold. Right. You got this. You just, okay. She and is just going to use her yelling into the calm, going. Beam us up, beam us up now. <laughs> She's going to use her one step ahead ability now. Right. <laughs> yep. So as a reaction, I believe. No, you just oh. as an out of turn incidental, I believe. As an out of turn All incidental. Right. Yep. Sorry, I, I also. I think you need to spend a story I'll... point too, I believe, there, Tony. Let me look real quick. We just did it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, got to spend a story point. I was just getting ready to look it up. But you do have to spend a story point. So okay. I'm doing that. Yeah. What you got, Stefan? What was the other thing you were going to say? No, it's okay. I had a talent lucky strike, but I already spent a story point. Aha. Great. Yep. Not, I can't use a lucky strike. All right. So I'm spending one of my two GM story points, put us back at two on the player side, okay. to do this uh, one step ahead maneuver. Mm-hmm. And she is going to reach out with her claw and try to grab Darren Huh. And rip him in half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rip him. So, rip him in your one. <laughs> so her her claw is four uh, proficiency dice. Uh, brawn right. four, brawl four. Um, she has two difficulty dice. Um, I already used my maneuver, maneuvers for the turn. My one maneuver for the turn, and this does not allow me to to do both a maneuver and a um, action. It just says a maneuver or an action. So I'm just going to not be able to aim it. So do you have any melee defense? Nope. <laughs> okay. So I've already spent my story point to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, he wants to be able to maybe survive long enough to be back on the ship. So he, Darren spends a story point to upgrade. Okay. As maybe he Oops, that, you know, maybe there's some piece of equipment uh, that uh, he'll drag the body of uh, Chief un- underneath. <laughs> Making it right. difficult to attack us. Um, long and short of it, I ended up with three successes and oh. one threat. Uh, uh, all right. One of my yellow dice came up blank, and all my negative dice came up with only threat. So, um, uh, so, uh, what would you... Well, the damage for this is yeah. going to be 11. <laughs> All right. No Any peers? No peers? No okay. So 11 minus 3 for soak. So that's still 8 points of damage. Ouch. Okay. Out of 13, so he's still okay. But... <laughs> So she just rakes her claw across his chest, but doesn't quite grab a hold of him. No. What would you like me to do with that one threat? Uh, she nicks some piece of equipment. Uh, next one gets a bit of a shock, so a point of strain. Okay. <laughs> All right, next player slot. 
Yeah. <laughs> Role play that. Role play it. Homie. What I'm doing is I am. I'm actually. I'm actually. I'm actually making the motions of blood squirting out of my chest. Yeah. <laughs> so I am going to. Let's see. This my turn. I'm going yeah, to act as a human shield blood. while I'm unconscious, <laughs> and I will continue to act like a human shield while I'm unconscious. Right. Top of round two. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's gonna go. So yep. she will uh, rip me in half, <laughs> or <laughs> keep me as a. She yeah. will attempt to reach out and claw, mm-hmm. grab a hold of Darren yet again. <clears throat> oh, yeah. hey! At the end of the round, can I make a roll for my um, transporter officer that's um, up on the ship? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems that transporting is still difficult, right? In because this, of the tachyons and stuff. Because of the tachyon emissions, and you still That's seem fair. to be having some sort of technical difficulties here. Well, you know what? <laughs> At least you can't see the blood on my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Darren, that claw is coming right yeah. back at you. Yeah, I'm sure. It went swiped by one side. Now it's coming back from the other direction. All this right. time, reaching out a little further, trying to grab you. Egg, yeah, which, by the way, um. Tony, just to let you know, you cannot take more than two maneuvers during your turn. <gasps> Outside of your turn, you could take another maneuver. So, mm, yeah, you you're only right. limited during your turn. So, go ahead. Okay. Keep going. All right. So, as an That's incidental, yep. As an incidental, Daryl will soil his pants. Darren? <laughs> Daryl or Darren? Yeah, Daryl's Darren, up on sorry. the ship. No, Daryl. <laughs> Yeah, Daryl's the one do, do, rolling all the despairs trying to. Are you freaking beam kidding us back me? Up. We have we have we have Lieutenant Daryl up there on the transporter duty. Yes, exactly. Double right. despair, um, Daryl. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, my same dice. I'm going to spend my maneuver to aim. Gosh, she really, really wants to capture the entire away team. Yeah. So. We'll, yeah. we'll go with two additional strain to get that second boost die. All right. I mean, and Darren those. will spend the story points to make it more difficult. Oh, yeah. okay. So that story point will pretty much stay the same. It'll just flip both yeah. directions because I was going to add a green die. And so, Excuse me. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Dropped my dice. There we go. All right. So Let's get this out of the way. Two, what's the damage? Rolling this. <laughs> uh, okay. Two triumphs. Oh, jeez. Oh, there goes Darren. But I only had one net success. That's all you need, though. That's all it, that's all it needs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nine wounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As he gets poked oh. in the chest. That's so, still six, so 14. So he's over his wound threshold. <laughs> nice. So about three days later, the two of them wake up about a hundred yards from the crash site mm-hmm. and their throats hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and their throats hurt? Yeah. Yeah. To me that sounds like a Friday night. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Or or Saturday morning, depending on Whoa. how well it went. <laughs> okay. Come on now, what do you think she's gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was my Halloween advantageous threats for you guys. I had to have a xenomorph <laughs> for Halloween. Yeah. There we go. That was great. That was and great. GMs. 
and counterbalance is important. No matter what Chris said earlier, (laughs) it is important. I purposefully threw a CR 13, or sorry, combat power level 13 monster at some brand new characters. But I have a reason. You got good players. You can do a session zero like this. You hand them a bunch of nobodies. You throw a tremendously powerful, evil, just mega monster at them. Big epic encounter. Rip them to shreds. Then let them make characters with a reason for vengeance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Revenge! (laughs) Which, by the way, the challenge rating for this, you, you you have to add all of them up. Yeah, so it's so it's thirteen actually, combat. What was the total? Tony, thirteen two is it's it's eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So sixteen higher. <laughs> you told me to do my worst. Yeah. I sure <laughs> did. I texted you last night and I said, "Yep, yep. do your worst." And you know what? You did not disappoint. That's it. <laughs> so, so mentally, he said, "Challenge accepted." So let's see. So let me see. So the CR for us. I'm looking at this appropriate challenge rating for this for two PCs. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. We're going to need 1,001 experience points earned. That's 12. Mm-hmm. Maybe by then we'll have weapons that'll do more. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by then she'll have had enough encounters with enough away teams. She'll be worn down some and won't exactly. be so fresh. <laughs> Just to let you know, um, a... Um, I would one think, of those exosuits. Yep. I would think that um, looks like 250 earned XP for a CR 15 would be appropriate for four NPCs. That would be the appropriate level. That would be challenging against her. Because you would uh, think it would add maybe three more because there's more than three PCs. Um, uh, probably pretty decent weapons. Probably maybe your maybe an axe wielding dragon slayer or dwarf might be appropriate, <laughs> or maybe an entire platoon of marines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, we may have to do. <laughs> Challenge accepted. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, exile. are we ready? That was the xenomorph queen in exile. <laughs> that was great. At least I got to roll. I at least got to roll a couple times. You yeah. did. <laughs> I did. You never had so to make a fear check. So did I. No, so you were too close to make a fear check. I'm the, I'm the chief fucking engineer, man. I don't have to make fear checks. Not when no, I'm being used as a human shield, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Twitching human shield. Yeah. The twitching might come into play. You never know. Hey, it might. It might. Giving Darren a boost dice. I don't know. All right, so folks, that's Advantageous Threats. We're going to head on over and wrap this up. Yep. All righty. Well, hey, that's our show for the night, everybody. Um, Well done on that Advantageous Threats there, Tony. That was uh, incredibly hardly awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So let's see. So next time in a couple weeks, Stefan has something very special for us. He is going to be running our next um, actual play um, with our friend Matthew Jones is going to be joining us. Um, 
and you are going to be running us through some Johnny Quest. Yeah, I should probably read a few. I should probably watch a few of those episodes. Kind of get a little, mm-hmm. little um, uh, what do you call it? Remember that? Oh, man, I've watched that show in years. Yeah, so I, I want to play Bandit. I just want to bark, 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 bark <laughs> to the whole episode. <laughs> All right. Well, you're gonna have to make that um, special um, that special um, custom skill called shitting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm, I don't want I don't want to play the dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Tony. Well, That's good. He's going to be the group animal companion anyway. So ah, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So um, hey, Stefan, do we have any listener questions or feedback? Yes, we do actually have one little listener feedback from uh, one of my fellow Quebecer. Uh, Residence, Michael Mickelson. That rolls right off your tongue so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could never do it. <laughs> I practiced and uh, I've been nice. drinking too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into his uh, feedback, his uh, his letter that he wrote us or his email. So he starts off, "Hello, hello, hello. Hope you are all well." Yes, we are, by the way. Uh, we came across this today. So he sent us a link uh, from uh, that we'll include in the show notes um, that talks about or hints at the next product that will be uh, or might be coming out next year for Genesis. So specifically, he says, scheduled to be launched in, on, on a Kickstarter in 2021. The books will be paired with a tie-in game components designed to delight long-term fans of both franchises. And part of the URL says, publish graphic novels based on Twilight Imperium and Android. <laughs> That's it. So that could be something, graphic novels uh, based off of those uh, intellectual properties. And they say they could be talking about Genesis stats and rules. If so, pretty much a soft announced the Twilight Imperium, which could be very interesting. I agree. It could be nice. Uh, also, he says, uh, a quick question. I almost never listen to live plays, uh, but decided to play your Beyond Good and Evil episode. Thank you very much for listening to that one. Uh, and he loved it. Unfortunately, I couldn't be part of that one uh, due to technical issues oh. on my end, but it, it, it was fun to listen to as well. Sweet. So he says, you guys really have a feel for the system. I wish to know where you got the inspiration for the skill challenge. 12 successes before 5 fails as the players get comfortable in the fight club. I really like this mechanic and want to use it in my future games. I feel like I should know where you drew it from, but I am drawing a complete blank. Did you make it yourselves? Take it easy, Michael Miklishin. So, I did reply to him, but uh, I think maybe Tony maybe even Chris uh, might have a reply to that. Nope, neither of us replied because you gave the correct reply. Go ahead and read uh-huh. or paraphrase oh, or whatever it. you want to do. Yeah, I don't have it underneath uh, on my screen right now, but basically that uh, I know Tony came up with well, came up with it, but uh, introduced it to me and used it in quite a few of his games. Well, and, I yeah, heard right? about it first from another podcast, uh, and then it's and then I've kind of talked about it, and it's gone around. <laughs> The Genesis community through the um, 
through the, the Discord server and through the various social medias. People have talked about using them. But eventually, someone um, came out with a supplement that included it. Yes. And that was the, um, the Game Master's Eclectic Toolkit on DriveThruRPG. Nice. Yeah. And that, yep. that is, you know, I'll pick that up. That explains the whole process to you. But in a, in a nutshell, you want a certain number of successes before you get a certain number of failed checks. Uh, you do kind of a skill montage, as they like to call it, or, or in, in, my, in my case, it was a skill challenge. And um, try to narrate, narrate your way through it. You want some associated skills that are a little easier. And then any, any skill check can be made. Um, some are going to be harder. Um, mm-hmm. And you modify from there. And, yeah, uh, it's you can all described rules. though in the uh, Game Master's Eclectic Toolkit. Which, Stefan, that's what you replied. I had it handy, so. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I did have the. Uh, I sent him the link uh, because it describes that as well as some other little tools that can be useful during the game. But that, and they, uh, that talks about it quite uh, nicely. He has charts for that. You know, some optional rules if you want to just mix it up, uh, like alternating skills, not. Not allowing characters to use the same skill two row two, two times in a row. Correct. And so yeah, forth. So. But that's where it's at. Yeah, fairly uh, and, simple. And I use them all forward. the time. I, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I find them a great narrative tool to tell the story over a long, uh, for a long encounter, uh, mm-hmm. in a few short checks. I think my favorite one that I've done on on an actual play is the one I did for the murder investigation on my uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk game that I ran for the brewery mm. for Chris and uh-huh. Daryl and Jamie. That was great. Dude. Um, that mur- that opening first episode where you guys did the murder investigation really kind of set the tone for the whole adventure and that challenge and how it played out um, set that tone for the entire uh, six episode adventure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for writing us again, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and yeah. I hope uh, that helped. And uh, yeah, check out uh, if other listeners want to find out about the skilled hat challenges and other little rules, supplements, or ideas. Uh, check out that uh, Game Master's Eclectic Toolbox by the people at uh, the Story Spanner. Dot net available on the on the foundry so you can come up with some, some good stuff well um the rest of you you, you want to talk to us you got a question like that or you just want to berate uh, me for my idiocy or say hi to just you know say hi to stefan or chris you reach out to us at finding the narrative podcast uh-huh. at gmail.com like michael did uh you can talk to stefan and i alone on facebook uh at finding the narrative uh, all three of us are on Finding the Narrative's uh, Miwi page uh, and the chat over there. We generally all will answer that pretty quickly uh, within a few hours. Um, Stefan has been hovering over the Twitter feed like a hawk at FTN underscore Genesis. Caca, caca. Never more. Sorry. Okay, maybe, maybe like a crow. And, uh, <laughs> You can recommend Wings us to justice. others at uh, Finding the Narrative Podcast, Podbean, 
iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, this is Tony Fanning saying, "Let's tell a story and spend a story point." And this is Stefan saying, "Game over, man. Dare to ask for the booze dice, but it's still a game over." <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you really need to remember the rule of cool if you're being used as a human shield by the <laughs> exile herself. Um, but you know what? Just have fun doing it <laughs> while your teammate is <laughs> trying to get you back up onto the ship. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Except my right now we're just oh. yeah, now we're, we're, we're living incubators right now. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, we are. I have a feeling there might be another threat. This threat yeah. might be coming up here soon again. Yep. <laughs> Follow on. All right. So there well, we go. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.